You are tuned in to Sunday Night Showdown. Your source for live pay-per-view coverage of TNA and WWE. It's all part of the plan. With your host, Boom Boom Sexy. <laughs> yeah, baby. Internet Dave. God, I wish someone here knew about computers, because that would have gotten a laugh. Mark the Shark DiCarlo. Go ahead, make your jokes, Mr. Jokey. Joke maker. And Mr. Money on the mic, JJ Sexy. This is my boomstick. The showdown begins now. Good evening, guys. Welcome to another edition of Sunday Night Showdown right here where tonight, 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 we are bringing you live pay-per-view coverage, all the updates from SummerSlam, the 23rd annual SummerSlam taking place tonight at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California. And it looks like we're kicking things off with an intercontinental title match as Dolph Ziggler puts the newly crowned intercontinental championship he's the intercontinental champion folks only been a few weeks since he's worn he's worn that gold but he's going to be defending here momentarily against the former champion kofi kingston as we're seeing right now uh the cougar and the champ dolph ziggler in <laughs> the house but joining me as vicky guerrero so eloquently says excuse me ladies and gentlemen heat is bound to be in store in the uh, Staples Center in Los Angeles. But joining me on the broadcast right here tonight, we have uh, Internet Dave in the house. Yes. Yes. Wow, Dave, thank you for that. What? I fed him that, by the way. Yes, yes. I fed him his script. Yes, I, yes. I couldn't tell if I was on or not. Yes, hi there, everyone, and welcome back to uh, SummerSlam number 23. That was uh, Dave's impersonation of Chip from My Three Sons, by the way, JJ. Very, very nice, very nice. We also have joining us on the program, of course, you hear him, the uh, the man who will probably so elegantly spew 
his venom on the program tonight. He swims in some very shallow waters here in uh, the great Canadian Northwest. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. The one, the only, the very vocal, the host of MMA Now Radio, right here on the SNS Radio Network, Mark the Shock DeCalo. Well, you know what? An introduction like that could only be done by Mr. Money on the Mic himself, J.J. Sexay, and the shark was swimming in some shallow waters in the Calgary South Outdoor Pool this afternoon, and uh, I got two things on my mind, bikinis and belly button piercings. So I'm ready. I'm jacked. I'm pumped for the 23rd edition of SummerSlam. And is it me? Am I getting old? Is uh, Harmony, you, you might be able to answer this for me, but but is, is my eyesight deceiving me, or is Vicky Guerrero actually thinned out and looking not too bad? And joining us also on the program, <laughs> as I was doing the introductions, thank you, Mark the Shark DiCarlo. No problem. Uh, he alluded to her, obviously, here in the studio, uh, a grand return for uh, Harmony Boom Boom Sexay in the house. Hey, everybody. I'm pretty excited to see the show tonight. I have a feeling it is going to be epic. Oh, you must have been reading Cena's Twitter account again. I would never. Yes, according according to John Cena's Twitter, if you're missing SummerSlam tonight, you're going to miss something epic. So could, could, ladies and gentlemen, that epic heel turn that we've all been talking about, I know there was a major creative meeting today, and uh, as far as I understand, anything goes here tonight. So who knows what's in store for us in that big seven-on-seven elimination match. Could John Cena turn heel tonight? On one hand, it's a good idea. On the other, it's like putting a bullet to your brain. Well, I, I would say that the, the the booking department at Titan Towers would really like the idea. However, on the other side of the flip coin, JJ, that the marketing department, the the money department, if you will, really is dead set against it. Well, you know what, guys? I mean, to me, the epicness of how big this would be, this, this would compare to Bash at the Beach 2006, which was July of, excuse me, 1996, so that was just over 14 years ago. I mean, if you can make a moment tonight that hasn't been seen in 14 years, I think you make the moment and merchandise be damned for just a short time because you, like Harmony said on the show last week, the more you love, the more they love you, They'll hate you that much more, and then if they turn them back again, then everything merchandise-wise works itself out, and Nexus builds some momentum because hopefully, but not surprisingly, I think we're going to see some of the weaknesses of the Nexus members as they're gradually eliminated in our 7-on-7 main event. I think it would be great to turn Cena heel. I really, really, truly do. But it's not going to happen. He wouldn't have tweeted that if that's what was going to happen. They've done everything that they can to make people believe that Cena's going to turn heel, which means it ain't going to happen. We'll see. I mean, that's that's the big speculation tonight. Does it happen? Does it not happen? Who's going to be the uh, the seventh member for Team WWE? We're going to find out a little bit later on in the program, of course. I am Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay. Thanks for tuning in uh, to a special live edition of Sunday Night Showdown as we will be covering and bring you updates of SummerSlam. A lot to talk about tonight. Uh, so much news going on. So during the program, we'll definitely be discussing a lot of uh, a lot of the things that went down, especially, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but the major angle that kind of went down this past week at the TNA TV tapings, you know, the big uh, 
whole effing show pay-per-view show that they put on TV. Rob Van Dam has to vacate the title, according to spoilers, which are going to happen next week on the show. They're really selling the abyss attacking him with Janice. He's got lacerated um, Every, organs. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Spinal injuries. You yes. Know. That's, that's all right. And, and you know what? Um, for those of you that, that saw uh, the whole effing show that was originally supposed to be Impact, what a show it was. I, I was really highly entertained. Uh, JJ, you and I spoke earlier in the week uh, about the Motor City Machine Guns Beer Money uh, final tag team tilt in their best of five series, and it was spectacular, uh, although you had mentioned, and I somewhat agree with you, you, you found it somewhat contrived and, and, and overbooked, but we'll discuss that at another time. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, check out uh, TNA, uh, the whole effing show, and the post-show now called TNA Reaction, where you get the, and go figure where they came up with this name, the reaction of some of the locker room uh, workers on the past show. You know, a lot of people bitched about that that Thursday night TNA impact. And I know, JJ, you bitched a lot about what's this do for TNA? What's this ECW show do for TNA? And you know what? I quite enjoyed impact. And I think that it's great for TNA. I think the whole nostalgia show was great. It introduced ECW to some fans in TNA who had never seen ECW. And now like any independent wrestling show that brings on a big name, the big name wrestles one of the indie guys and puts the indie guy over. So people will keep coming back and going to the local show. It's the same thing with TNA. Now that they've had their nostalgia show, now they're going to integrate them into the TNA into impact and they're going to use them to put the TNA guys over. So you asked what it did for them. I think it did a lot for them. I guess she told you, eh? I guess she did. And, and bada she, bing, bada she bang. makes, she makes a valiant point. I mean, obviously with Tommy dreamer, Rumored to be taking over the book from Vince Russo. They're going to obviously book this uh, this product into a more hardcore style. And, JJ, you know, feeding off of what, what Harmony had to say, and that's exactly what um, EV2 did, was that they put over Fortune. And, uh, you know, that, that whole scenario can only lead to uh, better ratings, more interesting booking, and thank God we're over the era of Russo-rific, and uh, Tommy will do a fantastic job. I really believe that he will. But uh, getting to the match at uh, the Staples Center, um, they start off with the Intercontinental title match, of course, with uh, the current champ, uh, and he won it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, Two weeks ago. At the taping. Mr. Ziggles, Dolph Ziggler, with uh, the thinned and svelte... uh, Cougar, what the hell Cougar. are you smoking? No, look, look, look at she's uh, she's Elf? definitely well, maybe not spelt, but she, she certainly lost somewhere around twenty to twenty-five pounds over the last uh, few months, and uh, you know it. She's looking better, and you know what? Uh, it's not much of an improvement because of the way she used to look. Of course, I speak of none other than uh, Tricky Guerrero, um, Ziggler, and uh, <laughs> Mister. And thank God he's not wearing Hogan-esque colors anymore. Um, oh, he's got the sleeper. Hold he's got on, the sleeper. It's a choke, ref. It's a choke. Well, you know, right before we actually start talking about this match, Dolph hit a very picture perfect famasser on Kofi Kingston, and now has a role. Uh oh, as the Nexus have interrupted this match. Fuck. 
They want to make an impact and show everybody what's going to happen in a couple of hours' time as uh, they have destroyed this Intercontinental Championship match. Guys, uh, yeah, not attack somebody in the back, but not uh, don't ruin a match. How are they going to make an impact if it's in the back? I mean, really, they just interrupted the opening match of the 23rd SummerSlam and killed everybody in the match. And they're just about ready to kill, as Harmony so eloquently said. Kofi Kingston, he ain't getting anywhere away That's quickly. That's how you make an impact. Yep. So shouldn't Team Cena be rushing down to help Kofi Kingston at this point? They're getting ready in the back, you know, so, their face. So Taping they, up. they've obviously attacked Kofi Kingston for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. And that reason is he could, in fact, be the next member of Team Raw. To join, maybe that's maybe. The, maybe that's the the point of attacking him, what? since we don't have someone already confirmed to take that spot. And Kofi Kingston, not a Raw superstar, but a member of Team WWE nonetheless, and could take that spot if need be. Well, JJ, that would make sense, obviously, because uh, uh, that open spot, if Kofi is in it, would serve as retribution for the ass whipping that he's uh, taking right now at the hands of Nexus. Well. I- no, go ahead, Harmony. Well, that's just the thing. They don't know who that seventh member is going to be. So why not just take out everybody who's a possibility? And, hey, if they did take out number seven, then they've just t- taken out the replacement. Two things I'd like to make mention of totally off topic. One, the SummerSlam poster this year looks like a knockoff from a Hannah Montana uh, tour poster, n- number one. And number two... Um, I'd like to thank Ernest Account Miller for supplying Lexi with her headgear tonight in studio. Outstanding. And later on, when we have our prediction on who the seventh member of Team WWE is, maybe Lexi should get a pick too, JJ. I think she'll be in bed by then. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, don't forget uh, what else is on the card here this evening here at uh, the 23rd Annual SummerSlam event live from the Staples Center in Los Angeles. I mean, they really are banking on this seven-man tag. Seven-on-seven tag, which currently is John Cena, John Morrison, R-Truth, Bret Hart, Edge, Chris Jericho, and TBA versus the Nexus, which is Justin Gabriel, David Otunga, Wade Barrett, Michael Tarver, Skip Sheffield, Darren Young, and Heath Slater. Uh, Kane and Rey Mysterio for the World Heavyweight title. The Big Show in a three-on-one handicap match against the Straight Edge Society, CM Punk, Joey Mercury, and Luke Gallows. A singles match for the WWE Divas Championship, Alicia Fox and Molina. And, of course, uh, what we just had here, the Intercontinental Championship canceled out, Dolph Ziggler and Kofi Kingston. And, guys, we were talking off air a short time before the pay-per-view began that that the seven-on-seven match is probably going to go 40 to 45 minutes, which is why only six matches are scheduled. But at this time, I mean, we're going to – this is one of the big four, and this is one of the historical shows. And, I mean, this is one. This was the show that was number two behind WrestleMania. I think in the Historically, last... Historically, right. Yeah, yeah, I think five in the last five to ten years, the the Rumble has overtaken uh, has overtaken SummerSlam Shark as, as the number two show, which yep. kind of puts this down to number three. But, I mean, if this is the... Let's just say, for semantics, this is the third biggest night of the year. This is not a... This is not a show that that is an equivalent to the significance of what SummerSlam's been in the previous 22 years. Well, some would say that uh, this show, this year for SummerSlam at the Staples Center in L.A., is uh, 
somewhat lacking and there's a lot to be left desired. And, uh, you know, you can speculate that and, and hash it, mash it, dice it, slice it any way you, you choose to. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of uh, aspects, angles, and matches on the pay-per-view. And uh, the best part, JJ, about that segment is that they didn't give David Otungtied the microphone. What's wrong with Otunga talking? I think he's, uh, he's one of the better guys in that group that can talk. Well, in fact, he's probably the most over guy other than Barrett that can actually speak on a microphone. Otunga's problem is he's not very good in the ring. But when you put him on a microphone, I think he does just fine. I was making light of the fact that he was tied a couple of times in his last uh, in-ring promos. Uh, I, I actually agree with you. I think that uh, his uh, fodder is in the ring and, uh, um, you know, the whole the whole Nexus group, uh, from what I understand from the inside, from people that have worked with them extensively in Florida Championship Wrestling, they're all very accomplished wrestlers. And, uh, uh, in fact, their downside from people on the inside is their lack of microphone skills and time on the mic. But that will obviously uh, um, rectify itself over time, given the fact that they've been given so much... On airtime, well, you know, I, I was I was gonna before all this went down, I was gonna bring up the obviously we were gonna go over our predictions for the Intercontinental Title match. Uh, we got to throw that one out since there was a no finish. That's okay, so we, that's we, fine. Yeah, well, we wouldn't have had been right or wrong. But my problem with that, I have no problem with them attacking Kofi Kingston to make a point. But couldn't we have waited till the match was over? I mean, it's not often that we get an Intercontinental Title match on a pay per view. I agree. In the first match, and they would have had, I couldn't agree with you more, they would have had the same end result had they just done the run-in after the end of the match. And I, you know, I, I'm very disappointed that this is how we start SummerSlam off. I, I'm a big fan of this Nexus versus the WWE angle. And way to kill the crowd. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I'm not digging the way this show has started. Already this show is getting a failing grade from me. Let's hope it gets better as it progresses, Harmony. What do you got to say? Well, I was just about to say that with the upcoming match, at least we're not going to see a run-in and attack by Nexus. Why not? I would much rather watch them attack, attack Alicia Fox or Melina rather than Kofi and, and Dolph. My and thank point you. is, no chance in hell are they the seventh member. Yes, but I'm sure that the other match that we were just watching was very entertaining up until that point. This match is not going to be so entertaining. I'm sorry. But... Since this match is about to start, let's go ahead and go over our predictions. Alicia Fox defending the Divas Championship against the returning Melina. Internet Dave, start us off. Well, you know what? Melina hasn't competed uh, in front of a crowd in about five or six months. She got a huge response uh, on Monday when she returned and, and is performed. getting a huge response right now. Melina doing her Wahoo McDaniel impersonation, Absolutely. ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my God. It's... it's uh, <laughs> Pocahontas, ladies and gentlemen. It's Tatanka, damn it. And, uh, Pocahontas, damn yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, Molina knows how to wrestle. Alicia Fox is, has been trusted with the championship, but it's time for Molina to take it back and get back a belt she never lost to begin with. She was never pinned because she had to surrender the belt due to an injury. And... Uh, Hopefully, Molina does get it back tonight. My God, you would think this is uh, you would think this is WrestleMania, Harmony. Who goes over here? Well, I'd like to see Molina chase it for a little bit, but honestly, I mean, your heel is the person that that calls the match. It's your ring general, and really, Alicia Fox, <laughs> not so good. So, um, 
can't see can't see Melina not taking it, but I would have liked to see her not just come in and two weeks later get it back. Mark the shark to Carlo. Well, uh, I think the dead giveaway is the fact that Melina went over clean on Alicia Fox this last week on WWE television programming. Um, Melina, uh, I really think so. But I agree with Harmony that they should let Melina chase Alicia for, for a little bit longer. But uh, given the events of this past week, uh, I go with Melina tonight. And I forgot to mention, he, or I guess in this case, she who wears headdress to ring wins match. Well, I mean, it worked for a Mysterio at WrestleMania. It tends to happen. It didn't happen for Triple H when he wore Conan gear at WrestleMania. But it wasn't a headdress. It was like a yeah. Conan... Whatever, DJ, do you, do you think that the that the wardrobe department can get off the whole uh, yellow and red Hogan esque colors for a while? Uh, you know what? I, it's, it's, I don't know, you know what's what? up with that. Yellow and red are, are summary colors. That's that's just the bottom line. Uh, Mark the shark to Carlo. It's just you know, it's summary colors, red and yellow. That's that's just the way it is. Um, as far as my prediction here, I'm with Harmony. I agree that Molina should be chasing this title. With this, you know, headdress that she's wearing, you know, I, in my heart, I want Alicia Fox to retain this belt, I, and I want so badly to pick Alicia Fox tonight because I want this to carry over to next month's pay per view, which I believe is Night of Champions. I think it would be much more suited for Melina to go in at Night of Champions and beat Alicia Fox there. However, I hate to agree with everybody, but I got to go with Melina on this one. I mean, she comes back after an injury, uh, you know, gets a match on Raw where she beats Alicia Fox clean and basically gets herself a title match. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with Alicia Fox. That's my gut. That That is my gut. <laughs> Got to go with your gut. Yeah, I, I'm going with Alicia Fox here. I want to be different. And you know what? Despite the fact she wore the damn big-ass headdress, I really think that would play out better if Melina chased this title uh, next month, the Night of Champions. I, I'm going to stick with my gut, Alicia Fox. Well, we'll do that because I think that if you metamorphosize what Quick Picks was on the show and now the way that we do it here on Sunday Night Showdown to coincide with monthly TNA and WWE pay-per-views that we need to get away from. I know that I was finding myself doing it and thinking about, geez, who's going to go over and who would creative put over as opposed to who I personally thought was going over. Holy shit, while you were talking, we yeah. saw a very interesting thing. I think Melina might have just broken the nose of Alicia Fox with that uh, good that <laughs> heavy kick to the back of the head as her face hit the mat. And then kind of a, a punch follow-up there. Ouch. And then a double leg down uh, on the side of the... On the corner of the ring is Alicia really seems to n legitimately yeah. need a couple good. of seconds here. Good. Harmony. I think good. she broke her nose. Good. She wrapped the legs up. And then, Jeez, uh, Harmony, you really hate Alicia Fox that much? Kicked Alicia in the back of the head and nose first. She landed. You know what? I don't hate her that much. And really, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that I was bitching about Melina not being a very good wrestler either. But, I mean, really, these little divas oh. that think they can be wrestlers really need to be taught a lesson She's in bleeding the ring, from the nose. And people should be stiff with them. So good for Melina for winning the belt and breaking Alicia Fox's nose. I do believe I saw some color there. I think she is bleeding from the nose right now. Well, like in WWE 2010, if you don't wrestle, you're not you're not uh, an employee uh, in a, for the females. So if you can't take the heat, get the fuck out of the ring. I agree totally. And I mean, five ten years ago when they had like, why is now Melina limping? Why 
they breaking up the match? No, she's buying time for Alicia because she's oh, hurting because okay. her little nose got broke. Like, why are they doing that? Just fucking wrestle. Like, I wrestled with a broken fucking ankle. Yes, you did. And then came did. out and interfered in two more matches. So, like, yes, seriously, you did. bitches. Seriously, bitches. Pinner. Boy, who put a burr in on Harmony's uh, uh, dinner this evening? I don't know, but I like it. All right. Well, based on the fact that... Is there a cage match on the card? There might be. Okay. Based on the fact that the Nexus interfered and and, uh, ruined the Intercontinental match, this match is probably scheduled to be longer than most women's championship matches on a pay-per-view. Dave, I think it's a lot longer than what the office has wanted it to go so far. Just a theory. Well, I mean, do you really want... Nexus interfering and a three-minute Divas match to be the first half hour of your one of your big. Wait a minute! You hear that? That's the crowd of the. That's the sound of the crowd falling asleep. That's because Alicia Fox can't draw even the right kind of heat. You hear that? That's the toilet flushing from everyone taking a bathroom break. (laughs) Well, Jeff, you mentioned uh, Night of Champions. That is uh, September the nineteenth, five weeks away. And of course, we'll have full coverage here on Sunday Night Showdown. So, starting tomorrow night on Raw, they have five weeks to get ready for all the championships to be defended. You know, and I, I always I always like the, the pay-per-views where we have all the titles defended. That's one of the good things about Night of Champions is that we do get a chance to see those intercontinental title belts and those U.S. titles. I can't tell you the last time that Miz defended the United States Championship. I agree with that totally, and look for him to drop the belt in the next five weeks, if not to drop it at Night of Champions. And what we saw between matches, between the Nexus interference and this match, was Edge and Chris Jericho coming to Miz and, and asking him to be the seventh member of, of Team WWE for tonight. So we'll see if, if that actually uh, results in any... In, in, in <laughs> There's the scream for Molina that actually gets a pop from the crowd. I, I did like the nice uh, drop kick to the cleavage there. By Molina to, a, to Alicia yeah, Fox, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see if the Miz decides to become the seventh member. So you know this match hasn't been the same. Oh, and there's the face buster. That's got to be academic. Hopefully they, she uh, broke her jaw too. Good night, Molina with the championship. I don't, th- I don't think she would have broken uh, Alicia Fox's nose and then done that move to double break it. Sure she would. She's careful. It's like, hey, bitch! It's my <laughs> title. I'm the queen of this brand. I'm coming back. And Molina gets back the belt. She had she was never pinned for to take it away. And Shark, unlike the Thursday night program, women's championship matches are decided in the ring. They're not decided by funky tag matches. They're not decided by magic boxes that get opened randomly. They get decided by winners and losers in a four-sided wrestling ring. Well, and the whole... What, what Internet David was re- referring to is the women's division in uh, TNA, which has been a travesty of injustice and uh, uh, very comedic lately and just a whole bunch of bullshit. And uh, um, I, I really think that uh, uh, what's going on in the with the Divas champion right now is, uh, is good, although it's obviously drawing as we, we watch Molina atop the middle turnbuckle uh, almost in tears harmony. Why the fuck is she crying? She's so excited. Oh, my God. A post-championship oh, in ring. Oh, the belt I never lost. Oh, here comes the Nexus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Skip Sheffield with a brutal Uh-oh. clothesline. In-ring promo. But, of course, it's cut off by... Oh, it's cut off by... Lay Cool. Lay Cool. Wow. Are, are we going to merge... Are we going to merge the women's championships here, guys? Well, well we've got at, one broken, so why not? At, 
Oh, they split it up, didn't they? That, yes, they broke it. That is <laughs> yes. that well hurts, done. That hurts me to see a belt cut like I that. I agree. So maybe we could merge these championships in about five weeks' time. Well, put all the women on one show and don't have two women's divisions. You know what I was going to say um, after Shark was talking there before Lay Cool came out here is TNA women's division is simply a victim of the booking because the Bingo. people that they have there, the people that have left because they can't take the booking anymore, there is no reason why we shouldn't be sitting here talking about how much better the women's wrestling is in TNA, just like we were a few months ago. Well, I remember six, eight months ago that, that you and I, Harmony, were speaking on this very show about how entertaining and how good the work ethic was in the women's division in TNA, and it went to hell in a handbasket post-Bischoff-Hogan arrival. Well, I was going to say, as soon as Awesome Kong and uh, cheerleader Melissa, a.k.a. Raisha Saeed, left, basically that kind of destroyed the division at that point. And it's kind of gone. To me, as one individual person, it seemed to diminish since then because Kong is obviously a beast, and and she did great things for that division. You could make the argument that uh, that when uh, uh -oh. when Gail Kim went back to WWE, that's when the division really started to drop. As well, you can't you can't blame it on one person though. The it, it, it's. A constantly evolving business, whether it's men's wrestling, whether it's women's. You cannot pin all of your hopes on one person. And I don't think it has anything to do with Gail Kim leaving or with Kong leaving or cheerleader Melissa leaving. They still have the people to do it, but they're they're not booking it. And they've put all of their all of their thoughts into as far as women go, into the beautiful people. And haven't explored any other pairings, any other options, and and that's a travesty to the fans. Well, and here's the thing, and, and not too many people know about this, that, that the time that, that Harmony and I were speaking about, about six, eight months ago, when the uh, women's division in TNA was doing so well, and then it didn't, and it went in the toilet, was also the time, JJ, that Scott Demore left TNA, and he had a huge impact with respect to the women's division in TNA. You make a very good point, but uh, while you guys were discussing this, what happened in the ring was this. Uh, basically, Melina took it to both members of Laycool. They got the upper hand on Melina. Alicia Fox put the boots to Melina while she was down, and then Michelle McCool came from behind and kicked Alicia Fox's ass out of the ring. And now we have... Did you catch that invisible kick as well? <laughs> I did. I, I, wow. I missed her by at least, you know, this much. <laughs> Three feet. I don't know. Um but now Laycool has stolen the Divas Championship. Oh, now they threw it back in the ring. And they are proud to have two halves of one championship belt, ladies and gentlemen. It hurts my heart. Not only does it hurt the heart, but I'm sure that somewhere out there in upstate New York, Andy Knowles has probably had a, had a cardiac arrest, and that title probably means less to him now than it ever did before. Well, I mean, we had one injury return tonight. In Molina, and she took back the championship. When do we see uh, the Glamazon Beth Phoenix return? Well, that's and, what I'd and, like. And that's going to be soon because uh, I know that uh, looking at some pictures of the WWE fan access outside of the, uh, or right between the Staples Center and uh, the Nokia Theater yesterday uh, to coincide with the 23rd edition of uh, SummerSlam, that in fact 
internet, Dave, that Beth Phoenix was out in the crowd uh, as we see Trace Atkins uh, ringside um, for SummerSlam this year, that in fact Beth Phoenix was signing autographs yesterday at Fan Access, JJ. Very cool. Trace Atkins uh, looking looking good these days. Who we got here? We got Marlon Wayans. Well, we haven't seen him for a long time. Well, Look it, at all his kids. They could have another in living color. They, they <laughs> could, and maybe they will. But on that note, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back with more coverage right here. WWE SummerSlam on the SNS Radio Network. You're listening to Sunday Night Showdown, and we'll be right back, guys. Riley, I think, is very, definitely very confident. He is a listener. He is a talent. He is great on the microphone. He is athletic. He is smart. He is cocky. He is arrogant. I think Alex Riley needs to get over the fact that he was cool in high school. Ten years ago, I was stuffing you nerds in lockers and stealing your lunch money. It's 2010, and Alex Riley has got a Letterman's jacket and... Believe it or not, I think the Riley is bejeweled. Alex was a lot more show than go. I think Alex is a little over the top right now. Alex Riley needs to relax. He seems like he's playing a character, and I'd rather him be a character. I would say that Alex Riley is entertaining. He's confident, brash. He actually reminds me a lot of The Miz. They're both very annoying. I think he's doing a great job. No one really likes him, but uh, it's better for him to come out there and have people react rather than have them be silent. I think it is tough to tell at this time who the WWE next breakout star is. Actually, no, it's not. The next WWE breakout star will be Alex Riley. Not getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNA Video Vault. TNA Video Vault gets you access to over 300 hours of TNA programming, including every pay-per-view and DVD ever released, as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today. Voices in my head, they counsel me, they understand, they talk to me. Since 1996, audio wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. I will do. They show me things. Things out to me. Things out to 
WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Your one-stop shop for all the latest news and rumors in the world of pro wrestling and cutting-edge editorials by former WWE announcer Kevin Kelly and former WCW announcer Mark Madden. An extensive forums board for the casual wrestling fan. Stop by and sign up to chat with knowledgeable wrestling fans. Get in the zone with WrestleZone at www.wrestlezone.com. Can you dig it, dig it, sucker, sucker? Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Sunday night showdown. guys we're back right here covering uh, SummerSlam live on right here on sundaynightshowdown.com the sns radio network and there's a method to my madness ladies and gentlemen as we're getting things started right now between the big show and the straight edge society in the background of course you hear the uh brock lesnar wwe music i went to commercial break using uh the hollywood rock entrance music back in the day back in 2003 and it kind of got me thinking this is SummerSlam this is the 23rd annual SummerSlam people and I just kind of wanted to reflect a little bit on some of my favorite SummerSlam memories some of my favorite SummerSlam shows Um, and really before we get into that though we got to really call what's going to happen here in this match as it is a handicap it's three on one we've got uh, Joseph Mercury We've got, uh, oh, what's his name? We've got CM Punk. And, and what's what's Festus' name? I, Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows. Luke Gallows Paul. There you go. <laughs> um, you know what? Look at that. I, I'm going to start things off here. I honestly feel like the Straight Edge Society should probably go over here. It is three-on-one. Even though the big show's been hurt, it almost seems like the big show should get his redemption. But... Uh, I see this continuing. I don't think this is going to be over. So some way I see the Straight Edge Society walking out with a victory over the big show, which maybe will culminate into uh, you know into some other feud down the road. But then again, the next the next pay-per-view is Night of Champions. So I don't know. I, I'm going to stick with the Straight Edge Society. I, I just I think they have to go over here. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Well, you know what? Uh, th- that's a very good booking theory that you just expounded verbally on, uh, JJ. But considering it is Night of Champions next month and none of these four combatants have a championship belt, I kind of see this as being the blow-off uh, as we see uh, CM Punk attempting to stomp on the uh, repaired hand of the big show. And for those of you that didn't catch it, 
The Big Show called a WWE trainer out to cut off the protective tape around the right wrist of the Big Show. And uh, having said that, I will go with the Big Show with my quick pick prediction here right now, given the fact that this has been going on and on between the SES and the Big Show for quite some time as uh, all three members of the Straight Edge Society now gang up on the Big Show. Internet Dave. Well, you know what? I'm actually going to take the Straight Edge Society just simply to uh, to reconfirm who they are and what they're about. Big Show never seems to be affected by a win or a loss all that often. And if SmackDown's looking for the next contender for the World Heavyweight title, depending on what happens between Ray and Kane tonight, Punk, to me, seems like a more logical choice. So give him the momentum going into the build-up to decide who's going to be the <clears throat> the contender at Night of Champions. Well, and let's not forget, I mean, they are heavily working on that uh, that injured hand of the Big Show. Uh, a moment ago, Big Show had uh, CM Punk on the ring steps. CM Punk moved out of the way as the Big Show came down with a thunderous right hand and hit that, you know, solid steel, as they would have you believe, hit the aluminum ring steps and uh, maybe aggravated and re-injured that, uh, that wrist, that hand. So I, I kind of see things going in that direction, and uh, Harmony has stepped away for a few moments, but she did give me her pick before she walked away, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, she as well picked the uh, Straight Edge Society. So uh, Three on one. Three on one, I, same as last, last a, match. Yeah, and you're, all three of you are against me so that's that right. would be three on one as well now what happened with the straight edge society uh internet dave that they seem to me that they've been hitting the tanning booth lately whereas before they were uh going sans tan a la sheamus well i think what's what, up with that internet dave i think both both shows were uh were out in uh, australia here a couple of weeks ago so i mean even when Australia has cold weather, they still have tanning weather. So Aussie, 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 Aussie! <laughs> it's usually Oi! no worse than about the early seventies in uh, in in Australia. Plus, I mean, if they've been in LA for three days, I mean, I got color yesterday, and I was in the sun for two hours. So, I mean, is that if, from if you're the in sun, Los or you, or you fell down and cut your forehead? <laughs> if you're in Los Angeles for a couple of days, y you can't help it. But uh, Big Show starting to dominate here. Don't forget, it's a three-on-one handicap match. All three men in the ring at the same time. And, and don't forget the woman on the outside, Serena Deebs, who at any, any given time could sway the match in favor of the straight-edge society. I sense with Serena some shenanigans, J.J. Oh, are you a shenaniganator? Easier for you to say. Yes. <laughs> the shenaniganator is running wild here on SNS. I tell you, brother, shenanigans are running wild, brother, dude. I don't know whether 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 there's going to be some hey diddle diddle a little bit later on, but I definitely sense some shenanigans later. Wasn't that the Mark the Shark DiCarlo word of the day on Facebook yesterday or something? I I, I thought that was great. Get on with it. <laughs> okay, for the power, Andy Knowles, shenanigans, motherfucker, shenanigans. That's it. Shenanigans. <laughs> is is the power over Mickey James? JJ? Well, I don't know. I haven't I haven't really spoke with the power lately. I am sure he's not over uh Mickey James yet. Rumor has it that in she's she's in high level negotiations with the powers that be at TNA. We'll see. I know she's working on that music career right now, but uh, as I alluded back from the commercial break, uh, you know, as far as one of my favorite SummerSlams, 
I got to look back to, to 2002 SummerSlam. That was that was the year that Brock Lesnar took on The Rock after winning the King of the Ring in 2002. The last official pay-per-view King of the Ring that WWE ever held. In the finals, it was RVD and Brock Lesnar. Lesnar went over. And at SummerSlam in 2002, he took on the undisputed champion, who at that time was The Rock. I really enjoyed that pay-per-view because that was a very solid match between those two. But not only was that a solid match, that's it. Big Show has won here. Wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's C- who I picked, right? <laughs> no, that's I not knew she was gonna say CM Punk that. Cut- was? No. CM Punk walked away and left Big Show for Gallows and uh, Mercury, yep. and Big Show didn't have Oaks, and CM Punk <clears throat> kind of dismisses two of his followers and, and do you lets see them the way, bend for themselves. You see the way, Internet Dave, that, that Serena is looking at disgust in CM Punk for bailing, taking the coward's way out, if you will? Well, Michael Cole definitely mentioned it, that's for sure. Are those some new tattoos on... Uh, yep. On CM Punk, yeah, that seems to be... Uh, I think he's been uh, visiting Randy Orton's tattoo specialist. Yeah, so I'm zero and two. Well, now if there is a follow-up... Good to be perfect. I'm telling you. Yeah. Now I was going to say, now if there is a follow-up, Punk can say, hey, you didn't pin me, you pinned the other guys. So, uh, kind of moving on to what I was saying, you know, 2002 SummerSlam, we had, you know, The Rock and Brock Lesnar, and then we had the match that I was really looking forward to at the time. Because in 2002, I kind of fell out of uh, watching wrestling there for a little bit. What happened the, the in 2002? Well, the first six months or so, I really didn't have cable, and I kind of got away from the product. I mean, right after the whole, uh, you know, after WrestleMania, when, when Hogan, you know, turned back to be in the face and stuff, you know, 2002 was a strange year. That was when, you know, the draft happened and you had the, the two brands split. You had the brand split, and, you know, whatever. But that SummerSlam, I thought, was very momentous because Shawn Michaels returned to the company after, what, five years on hiatus and put on a, a very good street fight with Triple H. Yeah, it was fantastic. And to me, I mean, that when I think of SummerSlam matches and SummerSlam memories that stand out, I have to go with SummerSlam 2002 because uh, it had a lot of good memories. Now, that's not the only one, but, you know, for this particular uh, segment, that's that's the one I, I kind of feel we need to start off with is, you know, SummerSlam 2002. What about you guys? What, what do you have uh, as far as some of your favorite memories? Well, you know what? I was going to uh, ProWrestlingHistory.com just to look up uh, SummerSlam's previous 22 editions, and I'm starting from oldest to, to newest. And, I mean, the first couple of SummerSlams were all about Hogan and, and the cheese of, of what the Hogan era was in 88 and 89. Of course, in 88, uh, Hogan and Savage beat Andre and Ted DiBiase was... Jesse Ventura is the special referee. Fantastic. I, I really enjoyed that match. Um, maybe if not a lot of other people did. Uh, that was also the night the Ultimate Warrior broke the 16-month streak of the Hockey Talk Man winning the Intercontinental Championship in in 30 seconds. Of course, uh, our good friend Bad News Allen defeated Ken Patera that night also. Uh, 1989, another match I really enjoyed, Shark, and you'll probably remember this one. Uh, the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, over the Hart Foundation. And correct me if I'm wrong, Internet Dave, that was just in the inaugural entrance of the Brain Busters when they uh, so very uh, abruptly left uh, WCR, the NWA at the time, and uh, that was their first major pay-per-view 
yeah. coming into World Wrestling Federation at the time. Hold on. Can I break in for a second? We've got a backstage segment right now with the two respective champions of the WWE brands. We have uh, the Big Red Machine, the World Heavyweight Champion, Kane, and we've got the uh, the Pale Ginger, Irish-born WWE Champion, Sheamus, and they're almost the same height if you count Sheamus's hair. <laughs> Misses it by well, this much, about a quarter well, of an inch. Well, quick theory here. Fella. This is the second time we've Make seen... Make a point, fella. <laughs> this is the second time tonight we've seen the champion of one brand get involved with the champion of the other brand. Of course, the, the women's match uh, with Michelle McTaker and Layla getting involved with the the, the the Divas Championship match. You never know. We'll see. The Miz is ready to wrestle, and he has his Money in the Bank briefcase. But I don't know, Shark, does he make this a three-way dance later tonight with Sheamus and Randy Orton? Well, I, I think more than anything he's coming out to uh, – I know I'm not the Shark, but – I think more than anything, he's coming out to make an announcement. Go ahead, Mark the Shark to Carlo. No, I think you're doing a hell of a good a job. Harmony, JJ, go, continue. Harmony, what was your favorite moment? Well, even though I didn't see it live, I have to go with SummerSlam 92, which has one of my favorite matches of all times on it. Uh, of course, when uh, Davy Boy won the Intercontinental Championship from Brett the Hitman Hart. And actually watching it years later, it's all the more favorite for me because I'm one of those nostalgic people, and it's nice to go back to a time when I enjoyed wrestling and want to go back there. Well, let's uh, just quickly talk about that as uh, The Miz is addressing the crowd here. SummerSlam 92, 79,127 people. At Wembley Stadium, of course, uh, Legion of Doom defeated uh, Money Inc. Nails and Virgil. Nails. Uh, double count out between Rick Martel and Shawn Michaels. And that actually was a great match. I actually yeah. watched it last night. It was great, and I loved Sherry's little play dead thing in it. That was awesome. <laughs> that and made you know the what? Match. It was, I don't. Re I don't ever remember enjoying Rick the Model Martel and. I don't ever really remember him having particularly great matches, but I really enjoyed the wrestling in that match. Well, and Shark, uh, Rick Martel, former AWA World Heavyweight Champion. And many that haven't seen Rick Martel in his days prior to the whole model gimmick, he was one fantastic wrestler in, in the AWA and was a... Uh, a loved babyface champion back in the day, and he had many, many good feuds, not the least of which were against Jerry the King Lawler and Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning. And the model, I mean, really, it was a great gimmick, and obviously WWE thought so when they tried to bring it back a few years ago with, um, his name is escaping me. Sylvan. Thank you. Grenier. Yes. Sylvan Grenier. Exactly. Absolutely. From Montreal. And uh, don't forget the... Uh, what also happened on that show, the natural disasters, earthquake and typhoon, including the late John Tenta, defeated the underrated team of the Beverly Brothers, I Bo and that Blake. Match. Uh, Two other AWA alumnus. Oh, really? Yes, yes, very much so. Uh, crush over the Repo Man by submission, and the the under the Ultimate Warrior defeated uh, Randy Savage in a 28-minute countout. Yeah, and that was due to the fact that Mr. Perfect was heavily involved uh, 
Uh, Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect both involved. The storyline in that was the setup for the Ultimate Maniacs, the short-lived tag team of uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage and the Ultimate Warrior as both Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect were rumored to be in the corners of either the Macho Man or the Warrior, each believing that the other had the services of the other in his corner. Absolutely. And uh, they attacked both the Warrior and, of course, Randy Savage during the match, which led to the countout. Very interesting setup. And, of course, the main event went on to be the Intercontinental Championship match as Davey Boy Smith got the opportunity to face his brother-in-law, Brett the Hitman Hart. Stoned or not, he won the championship. It was a gentlemen. great match. And, Harmony, the, one of the things that I really find intriguing about that main event, A, obviously, brother-in-laws collide. Um, Diana was there. Helen and Stu were there. Um, and, and the whole scenario, and, and you can read about it in Bret Hart's book, when he said that it was one of his favorite matches of all time because of the build-up, because he felt very honored to put over Davey in Wembley Stadium in in front of a, a at the time a record crowd and uh, it, I'll never forget it as long as I live when when he rolled him up um, and he got the three count the crowd was beside themselves it was so loud and uh, um, good on the both of them and and thanks to Harmony for uh, for bringing that up it was definitely my all time favorite. SummerSlam moment, and uh, you know, as Dave eloquently ran down the card from back in the day in Wembley Stadium, it's amazing that in those days in World Wrestling Federation, JJ, that the, the storylines were told over a much longer period of time going into pay-per-views, whereas now it's... Uh, Three weeks and boom, you, you you have three weeks to build a feud leading up to the next pay-per-view. And, and when Dave ran down those matches, uh, I I mean, the heat that was built up with some of the combatants in, in the matches at that SummerSlam was, to steal a line, awesome. Well, right, right now, The Miz putting it out there, and he was actually getting a little bit of a LeBron heat as he brought up LeBron James. Way to gain some heat in the home of the Los Angeles Lakers, binging up and uh, LBJ. It's official. He has officially joined Team WWE against the Nexus. Way to shoot the shit out of our fucking segment, eh? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> All right. Well, the hell with predicting who the seventh member of Team WWE is. Why do I have a feeling that he thinks he's the seventh member? Well, because he was he was actually reluctantly asked this past week by both Bret Hart and uh, uh, John Cena to join them, and he said that he would let his answer be known this Sunday tonight, and he has. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, and I'm if, about to get my ass kicked. Sorry, okay. if I'm, I'm totally in the moment, if there. I'm sorry, a, Dave. No problem at all. If I'm at a pay per view, I don't want to watch guys cut promos. I mean, Lay Cool cut a promo for two or three minutes. Miz has talked for four or five minutes. But, I, Dave, this is setting something up. This is setting up the main event of the program. Storyline setup. Do you need could, it? But couldn't he have done it in a shorter version? What else are you going to fill the card with? You don't have a lot of matches. Well, yeah, I guess you don't want a, a poorly built-up match that doesn't mean anything. Well, I mean, they've put everything involved in this SummerSlam matchup. The seven-on-seven. Seven. Yeah. I mean, this is the biggest thing for this pay-per-view this year. Nothing else means anything but the seven-on-seven seven elimination tag. Now with The Miz, 
we can actually take away the whole John Cena turning heel because that's the guy that's going to turn on the Team WWE tonight. I'm saying it right now. The Miz allows Nexus to get the win right here tonight on this pay-per-view. How do we even know somebody's going to turn heel? We don't. It has to. See, this is what I hate about the era of 2010 as a wrestling fan. We don't know that. They haven't given us what? They've given us little hints here and there. But instead of me allowing my mind to think and, and go through things and process things and actually be surprised in things, we've got people like our radio show saying this is what's going to happen. The reason I say that, Harmony, it's fucking common sense. You've got seven rookies that have done nothing in this business against a super team of guys. When you sit there and count the championship reigns of everybody involved in this match, there's no way the Nexus should go over. But in order for this to go anywhere and not be a total scratch, the Nexus has to come out on top here. And it can be the fact that every member of Nexus gets eliminated, but in the end, somebody from that team has got to do something to screw things up for Team WWE. I just uh, don't see any other reason. All I'm saying is I miss the days of watching stuff and being surprised where in this day and age, it, it's taken the surprise out of things because we know how things are going to go. We're going to predict things. We're going to read it on different websites. We're going to hear it on radio shows and on blogs. We're going to see it all over Facebook and there's no surprise anymore. I miss the days of the surprises. Well, you know, you know what? I just have to interject here at, at, at this point, and, and I somewhat agree with what Harmony had to say and somewhat agree with what J.J. had to say. But the simple fact of the matter is the IWC is basically made up of everybody within it who speculates Harmony on what is actually going to transpire and guess, if you will, as to what is going to become uh from WWE and TNA programming and matches, and it's simply speculation. And I think that fans speculating in wrestling uh, what might happen has been happening for as long as I've been following it, which has been some years, okay, for about 40, 40 years. Um, and no matter what era you want to go back and look at, and for me, I can... Look, look back at a very long time. We always speculated on who was going over, but the, the level to which the speculation has escalated because of the electronic age, I, I agree with what you said, is, is maybe uh, everybody has taken it way too far instead of just sitting back and enjoying the programming. But I think that it is what it is. The speculation is going to continue whether you like it or not because of what the Internet has lent to the whole industry, for sure. Well, I mean, when we talk about this whole match, 7-on-7, seven seven, Nexus versus WWE to begin with, I mean, the first thing that hit me was the build-up of pay-per-views after Hulk Hogan joined the New World Order. Of course, the August pay-per-view was Road Wild, and in that evening... The NWO were were winners. Hall and Nash beat Luger and Sting, and Hogan pinned the Giant. And then, of course, at uh, at Fall Brawl 1996, the War Games match once again to build the momentum of the new group against the Standard. Hogan, Hall, Nash, and the NWO Sting defeated Ric Flair, Lex Luger, Arn Anderson, and the real Sting in the War Games match to once again 
build up this angle. I don't think there's anyone who's picking Team WWE to win this, but it just makes perfect sense that Nexus, Nexus would go over because why create them just to crush them at the first opportunity? Well, here's, here's the thing, Dave, is that what you just said, why crush them when this is the first time in a long time that World Wrestling Entertainment has actually pushed a heel faction to the moon. And certainly a heel faction with this many members. Well, I mean, a lot of the members are green. And tonight is a really big test and a really big showcase for those guys that don't wrestle a lot and don't talk a lot. I can't wait to see what happens. And to me, hopefully what happens from this is that, let's say, two of these guys split off to, to challenge the heart, hearts for the... For the tag team titles, two more guys are in a tag match, and three more. One more guy goes after the United States title, and Wade Barrett challenges for the for the WWE Championship. That that they're tough as a group, but starting tomorrow night, can they be tough as individuals and really at night lead into getting contenderships at Night of Champions? Like I said, the U.S. title the WWE Championship and or the uh, <coughs> the tag team titles because the Hart Foundation need opponents as well and I think uh, <laughs> the current opponents have uh, run their course. You know, you guys make some good points. I know Trey is ranting in the chat room that everybody thinks they're an armchair booker and everybody's got to shit on the business. I'm not trying to shit on the business, people. I'm just trying to tell you that in order for the WWE... For this angle to kind of succeed, it's the same argument that we had with Trey back in 2005, myself and JSK, when Team SmackDown beat the crap out of Team Raw at the Survivor Series. You have to do it to keep that shit going. Even you have to put the weaker guys over to make it strong. And then uh, bragging rights, 2009, Team SmackDown, led by Chris Jericho, goes over to make people think, wow, there is a good wrestling show on Friday nights. That's why, to me, bragging rights as a concept is uh, is can't work as more than a one-year wonder. To my predictions for October, Team Raw is going to tie up the score, and, and they may just trade it back and forth and back and forth, which won't really add to the uh, to the enjoyment of the shows if they continue with the concept. But we'll, we'll talk about that more in detail in October. Well, and you did you did say it earlier that Nexus has to win this in order to to fuel it, and they do. They're they're you're right. They are a bunch of rookies, and if Raw wins it tonight, that's it. Where does it go? It doesn't go anywhere. There's no reason to continue it. You're a bunch of rookies. You had no business being in this ring with us. It's done. If they do pull out the win, then there's a reason. Okay, and Trey says he's not saying the Nexus shouldn't go over. Uh, he's just saying that I shouldn't be talking about a heel turn. He's the only way to make it happen. I'm not really saying a heel turn is necessary. I don't think Cena is going to turn heel tonight. I do think now that The Miz is in the match, The Miz is going to be the one to kind of turn on Team Raw. Or, to me, that makes sense. And not join the Nexus, but just say screw you to everybody else. Yeah. Or here's here's something I do remember on this very program. I did say, mark my words. Daniel Bryan will be back. And he's not because he's still got indie bookings. 
and he's he's not his ninety days isn't until September eleventh. So yeah, and, he's and not coming back. Daniel Bryan isn't going to be back in WWE anytime before the beginning of next year. Mark my words. Uh, he's uh, I'm I'm privy to the fact that he's got independent bookings right through up until including the day before Christmas. So he's not coming back to WWE Harmony before before January at the very earliest. And so did Matt Hardy. Fair enough, fair enough, but that was a different cup of tea. Um, it was, but, you know, can I not try and live in my suspension of disbelief for a while? Live in it. There's a reason I don't read spoilers, and it's very, very difficult in this day and age to get around that because you've got Facebook and everybody's updated their statuses. You've got Twitter. It's all over the place. You can't get away from it. Don't read the Internet. Stay away from your computer. Stay away from your iPhone. Get off and Facebook. you'll be surprised. Get off of Facebook. Don't tweet. Delete Don't yourself. My iPhone. Stop Are you tweeting. crazy? You're an You're iPhone mad addict. Man. You're an iPhone addict. Yes, I am. Yes. Stop touching yourself. I mean, your iPhone. <laughs> this segment was brought to you by Apple. Yes. And with that said, guys, we have a championship match about to start. We've got uh, the Irish-born superstar Sheamus, the WWE champion fella. And he's defending that belt against the Viper, the Apex Predator, as Michael Cole calls him, Randy Orton. We're going to start things off. Internet Dave, who goes over here and why? Well, you know what? The first thing I thought of was whoever wins, if Cena doesn't turn heel tonight, probably faces Cena at Night of Champions so Cena can get it back. But you could make a legitimate case that either one of these guys should could face Cena and the crowd would enjoy it. I think there's just been too much of Randy Orton versus Cena because they had five consecutive pay-per-view matches in 2009. I mean, a one-hour match couldn't settle it. A Hell in a Cell match couldn't settle it. And then, but eventually, an I Quit match couldn't settle it. Settle it, but eventually it, it ended. So uh, I'm taking Sheamus just so he can give it back to uh, to Cena if Cena doesn't turn heel tonight at Night of Champions. Mark the Shark to Carlo. Well, I can't follow up that response. Uh, I can say this, that my prediction is Seamus will go over. Harmony. Well, you know, I don't like to give reasons, and I think I've given reasons on all of my picks tonight, so I'm just going to leave it with Seamus. And I guess i got to make this unanimous because I also feel that the uh, Irish-born fella is going to keep that belt. You know what happens when we're unanimous? We're wrong. Generally, uh, perfectly wrong. But uh, I think that, honestly, Randy Orton doesn't need the title right now. I think Sheamus does. I think Sheamus right now needs this belt. I think he needs the push he's getting. I have to say I, I consider Sheamus a bona fide star. But I think he needs a longer title reign. And I think a feud with Triple H upon his return is what Sheamus needs, and obviously if he drops that strap, it should be to a guy like Triple H when he returns. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with uh, Sheamus as the prediction. Well, that, that's very intelligent because the whole scenario with Triple H returning would mean so much more, J.J., if Sheamus was still champion when Triple H came back. Well, I mean, it's kind of 50-50 in the chat right now. Trey Dog's taking Randy Orton, but uh, it's, uh, it's pretty pretty down the middle uh to the chat room to this point <laughs> down the middle like uh like fonzie last week daddy yeah, jj is the official um quick pick sponsor of the trade dog still jack daniels 
I think it is. Now, okay. Now, let's let's also look at this other thing. We did see a, a run-in earlier on in the night. Who's to say that in this WWE Championship match, we're not going to see the Nexus come out and interfere in this as well and jump on Randy Orton? Because let's not forget, Sheamus has a, truth, a truce with these guys. So think about it. Just yet another pay-per-view where we see the uh, WWE Championship either, you know, one via nefarious means or, you know, possibly just a, a no contest here. I mean, I we already seen it once tonight. Who's to say they won't come out again and do it again? But why? I mean, we all speculated that the reason that they interfered in the first one was because they didn't know who that seventh member is going to be. We know it's The Miz now. Why are they going to attack Randy Orton? Why not? Just they've had fun? issues. They've had they've for had sport? problems with him in, in the past. Well, this Why is a not? show. This, this is, is a, a show. big night for them, though. They don't have time for problems in the past. Did yes. they have time to attack Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler? Yes. Really? They did. If, if Kofi was going to be the seventh member, sure they did. Well, they had enough time for Miz to cut a promo that was about two or three minutes longer than it needed to be. Well, what is your problem with that promo? I thought it got the points over. He got the heel heat that he needed. And he basically, I don't understand what you're bitching about, Dave. I, I, I don't the see the problem. Was great, to, to me, promos on, on, promos on pay-per-view just don't work because the promos are what should have set up the matches to begin with. I mean, you think about Impact this past week. They said, all wrestling, no talk. That was a major angle in what they were trying to do. So, to me, like, there was the pay-per-view last year. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, where suddenly um, Edge is cutting a promo and then William Regal comes down to the ring for absolutely no reason. I remember we were talking that the matches were great in the first hour and the third hour, but the second hour of all the stupidity is kind of what ruined that pay-per-view. I think it was last October, November. I can't remember which. But to me, the promos build the matches, and then the matches take care of themselves. I mean, even even at independent bookings, like at, like at Night of Champions for, uh, for, uh, for the Prairie Wrestling Alliance, were there, I don't know, but were there promos, long promos, in between, or was it just match, match, match? No, but that's different. The Prairie Wrestling Alliance doesn't <laughs> allow people to do promos, and, and that is the—that's true. That well, be, is the story. Well, because in, in one of the owners' minds, and and he's expounded this to the both of us, JJ. There's really nobody in this promotion that can cut a decent promo, and I'm the only one that can cut a decent promo. Anyways, well, I mean, I, I'm seeing what Josh is saying in the chat, and to me, like I said, wh- whatever you need to do can do. You could have done in half the time. I mean, we talked about the entire card of SummerSlam 92 while The Miz kept talking and talking. I mean, do it, but do it in half the time. All right. Well, let's move on from that. We're just going to have to agree to disagree on that one day. That's it. That's it. You're all alone on an island, I think, right now. The Isle of Internet. Anyways, um, getting back to the action of the ring, I I finally think that the first time on this pay-per-view, although if you listen for a sec, that's right. It's the silence in the Staples Center that they're, the crowd is actually getting into the uh, the match between Orton and Sheamus. And uh, the buildup to this championship match has been second to none. And uh, there you go. The action slowed down. Sheamus pounded his chest, postured to the crowd, and they, they booed vociferously for, against him. And, uh, and really, isn't that what wrestling is all about? Cheer for your favorite. Boo the hated heel. And uh, and let's move on. But uh, I, I really think lately 
and, and certainly this has been um, pointed out once again to me on this pay-per-view, is that the storytelling that they used to do, for instance, leading up to the SummerSlam at Wembley Stadium was two, three months. Now, once again, I have to reiterate the fact, JJ, that when they're having so many pay-per-views and they only have, what, three weeks at best to build up the storyline, it really leaves something to be desired. And for the casual fan that hasn't really watched a lot of WWE programming over the last few weeks, but considering they live in the greater Los Angeles area and they're wrestling fans, it's like, all right, well, let's go see SummerSlam. And they, they go to the card and they're like, hmm... Wonder why that just happened. Hmm. Really don't know what the fuck's going on. And hence you have a whole bunch of people doing that and you get a quiet crowd. Well, you know, and they feel in this day and age with, you know, having a pay per view every month, in some cases two pay per views a month, they have to hot shot angles and make things go. And I, you know, as a class, as a wrestling fan, I'm kind of for the, you know, two month build to a program, a month build to a program. And you know, like like Harmony said, we watched, we've spent the, the better part of the last couple of days just kind of catching, you know, past SummerSlams. We watched, you know, 93, Yoko and, and Lex Luger, you know. We watched we watched 92, and we watched a little bit of 91. The Lex Express. The Lex Express. Loved it. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed going back and watching Mr. Perfect, Bret Hitman Hart from 91 for the Intercontinental title. Great match. One of the best matches of all time. You know, sure. but when when you look at it, you know it, the two guys in the ring, Bret Hart and Mister Perfect. How can you go wrong? I mean, you, you can't say that in this day and age. A lot of times they bring somebody up that's really green and push them. Case, case in point, you know, Sheamus. Although I'll say Sheamus has gotten better as the last year has gone on. He was green as grass when they brought him in, and probably wasn't ready for the push that he got. But they succeeded with the push. They did, but that that's the problem with, with wrestling today. And I know I'm really I'm really reaching and I'm really going back there, but damn it, I wanna go back there. But the difference was when they brought someone in and they brought them new and fresh, they didn't just bring them off the street, straight out of training, straight out of FCW. They brought guys that had toured around the different indies that had gone and that had gone and um, you know done done all of that stuff, and they'd been champions and world champions all around the different indies. So when they came, they were ready. They were they were there. Uh, you know what? I, obviously, if, if you're listening to us on the Shoutcast stream, it's good because that's the only stream that's working. Dave, why don't you put down? Uh, Tell people to listen to in Shoutcast. We have just been shut down. I would love to know why we have been shut down for this show tonight, considering we're not running audio from your goddamn pay-per-view. We're not running anything that we're not supposed to be doing. So fuck you, WWE. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. I'm sick of your goddamn shit. Well, okay, so well, we have Internet yeah, Dave. In there, yeah. Well, we have Internet Dave uh, investigating, as only he can, uh, hopefully we'll we'll get back up on on Ustream, and in the meantime, uh, and wow! I didn't know I was copyrighted, or my voice, or you know, because wow, maybe 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 they copy wrote Harmony Boom Boom Sexy, and we're in copyright infringement of of the uh, of the copyright. Who knows? Anyways, um, 
You know what it was? You know what it was? It's because I had a picture of John Cena. Did you have a picture of John Cena? I thought you had a picture of you and Harry. No, I, I had a. I, there was a picture of John Cena wearing pink and stuff. It wasn't even a WWE photo. Wow. And and if somebody is sitting um, in Titan Towers, uh, surfing around the internet right now, and they're looking to shut down sites that are running illegal streams of their pay per view, God only knows that there's a thousand of them out there. Um, they're really digging deep if they're looking well, to to SundayNightShowdown.com for any sort of copyright infringement whatsoever. But that's the problem. They don't they don't listen to all of the shows. They just skim through everything. They see the title. They see, you know, what it's about, the pictures, all of that stuff. They don't actually sit there and listen to a hundred thousand different shows. But WWE is right on top of getting shit shut down, and once again. For no fucking reason, we've been banned from Ustream. So you know what? I'm any done. News, I'm done, news, Dave? I'm done with Ustream. Fuck them. I'm done. Let's just tell everybody. I'm done. Let, let's just tell everybody that from now on, the official audio supplier of the SNS radio network is Shoutcast. Shoutcast. Fuck Ustream. I'm right. sick of their shit. A shout we out have, to we have a goddamn player that doesn't show fucking video or anything. Yeah, yep. we're small potatoes. They have WWE legal getting in contact with them and saying, hey, these guys are running our copyrighted shit. Pull them. What's Ustream going to do? They're going to pull the the shit that the big expensive legal people call. Tell them to. They're, they're not going to listen to the small potatoes. They don't give a shit about us. They Wait. just worry about their asses getting sued. You can't look and see that there's nothing. There's no copyright violations going on. There's obviously not. I'm sick of this crap. Look, look, here, well, Dave, said, Dave got said, an email. Dave said, got an email. Let, let he, Dave read it because I think well, this is, is pertinent information. Is it the same shit as every other time? It's the form letter. Well, it's the form letter. As per terms of service, any transmittal route provided connections or connections to or storage of any material that infringes copyrighted works or otherwise violates or promotes there the violation of intellectual Cena. property right of any third party is prohibited as uh, Ustream has adopted and implemented a policy that provides for the termination in appropriate circumstances of the accounts of users or members who repeatedly infringe or are believed to be infringing the rights of copyright holders as uh, Randy Orton still starting to build up a lot of momentum here against Seamus uh, please see the copyright policy uh, we have been notified of infringing content broadcasted through your account your account's been terminated. So <laughs> this might have been the final warning. The so form we'll letter talked about Randy Orton and John Cena? Yeah, I know. That's crazy. That's absolutely crazy. But, you know, when during the lockout in 2005, um, there was a bunch of stuff that was posted to YouTube about, about what was going on. And some of those things included newscasts. And, of course, TELUS, being the big mighty dollar, got in contact with YouTube and actually sued individuals, I do believe, um, and had a bunch of stuff pulled down, including newscasts, because it used the likeness of a certain CEO president. So it's it's money talks. Yeah, well, whatever. Bottom line, I'm done with Ustream. Done, 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 and done. I'm not reopening an account with them. Fuck them. We're going to use Shoutcast from now on, and I would love to see you shut me down on Shoutcast, motherfuckers. Again... When I do something wrong, feel free to fucking do something against me. Until then, go fuck yourself, Vince, you stupid old fuck. 
Yeah, our our account wow. our account's been completely destroyed. All the Good. Ar- I'm done. All the archives, all the uh, all the statistics, they're all gone. Well, you know what? Uh, it could be for any number of reasons. Let's move on and up here on the SNS Radio Network with Sunday Night Showdown. Back in the ring in the uh, 23rd edition of SummerSlam at the Staples Center in Los Angeles as uh, Sheamus, the Celtic warrior, has a definite upper hand on the Viper Randy Orton right now. And uh, he's pounding his chest, J.J., like this could be the beginning of the end of the Viper. Possibly, but I, I think we're probably about to see a pretty epic RKO. Ooh. But no, Sheamus over the top rope to the outside. Well, oh, know, I'm fucking furious. I'm fucking livid well, right now. You know now. what, guys? Thanks. Everybody moved over to the uh, to the Shoutcast stream, so thank you very, very much for, for trying to find us where we are and not uh, abandoning us. We know we have a very, very loyal audience, and we really appreciate this, guys. So thank you very much for continuing to listen in any manner we, we offer at this point. Randy Orton and Sheamus uh, back and forth at this point, and uh, the crowd has kind of woken back up and wants to see a resolution here pretty quick. See, I didn't realize that WWE had copyrighted Sunday Night Showdown and the stuff that we do on this network. I wasn't aware that that was part of their, you know, copyright infringement shit. Well, apparently the video got shut down earlier tonight on Justin and stuff, so who knows? But, uh, yeah, it's RKO! But he... It got blocked by Sheamus. Huge counter here. Two and a half on Sh- by Sheamus on Randy Orton. Very nice block by Sheamus. Very nice. Well, here's the thing. The whole scenario with Sheamus and Randy Orton has been ongoing, JJ, for a number of weeks here. Uh, the build-up, the heat between the two of them has been textbook, to say the least, in your atypical heel babyface feud and uh, uh, I'm not sure whether this is going to be the blow off but I suspect that you know as we are all in uh, the same headspace where we did our quick picks and and obviously pick Sheamus as we see Sheamus getting up uh, Randy Orton for that razors or razors edge-esque maneuver and uh, Orton shucked it off, and Sheamus caught him with the big boot, and Randy Orton's on his back looking up at the lights in the Staples Center right now. And he kicks out at two and nine-tenths. Well, you know what? This crowd is really responding to the huge moves that both of these guys are executing. And this is the loudest, Dave, that the crowd in the Staples Center has been all night from, from very much a very simplistic match hearkening back to the day's that we've spoken to on many occasions on this show, a slow down pace and some definite strategical maneuvering back and forth between Randy Orton and Sheamus has got finally the crowd into it. Well, these guys have in the Staples Center have obviously drank the Orton Kool-Aid because they are behind him 100%, and maybe uh, Sheamus is going to try to get himself DQ'd here. Yeah, because let's, let's review. This is not a no-disqualification match. As referee Jack Doan is uh, lamenting uh, Sheamus right now as he brings the chair into the ring. And Jack Doan grabs the chair from Sheamus, which is maybe not such a good idea for Jack Doan. As Doan bumps to the outside, and there's your ending, JJ. A disqualification of Sheamus by referee Jack Doan. 
So Sheamus loses the match but retains the WWE Championship. And Sheamus just realizes it. And now, since he realizes he doesn't lose the belt and has won the ma- or lost the match by DQ but does not lose the belt, he is now going to waylay, at least that's what he's threatening, to waylay Randy Orton. Well, guys, at this point right now, this 7-on-7 seven seven match had better be a tremendous success because a DQ and a uh, interference to cause a no contest at one of your biggest four shows of the year is inexcusable to this crowd as uh, Randy Orton turns around a, a chair sh- shot that was in- intended by Sheamus that didn't connect, and he gets a... Uh, a nut shot to he kicked uh, him to, in the nuts, Dave. That's he, what you're trying to say. There you go, to uh, <laughs> to do it. So, well, that's the answer. Here is uh, Randy Orton and Sheamus end in a disqualification. And, and listen to the crowd, Dave, in the Staples Center. They're they're get, gotten really loud as uh, they're waiting for Randy Orton to rearrange the hairdo of Sheamus. And now, strangely enough, Randy Orton drops the chair and exits the ring and throws Sheamus to the exterior floor and now dismantles the announce table as sat at by uh, the King, Cole, and Matt Stryker. And you know what this means? He's going to uh, plant Sheamus on the announce table and God only knows what's going to happen thereafter. You know, maybe it's me, guys. Maybe I'm just in a shitty mood. But to me, so far, this show has sucked. It started off with an F, and it hasn't gotten much better. Well, yeah, it, it's, uh, it's been strange, to say the least. Harmony? Well, I thought it was okay, and I think you thought it was okay, too. But I think as, as soon as all this shit down, you forgot about everything that happened before it. Oh, I'm, I'm furious. Oh, I, I'm fucking getting on the phone tomorrow and calling fucking corporate headquarters at WWE tomorrow. Oh, my God. Our RKO on the, uh, on the announce I'll get, table. I'll give you the number. I'll give you the number. Oh, I've got RKO it. on the announce got table. It. And I'm going to fucking track down those bitches at Ustream and fucking give them a piece of my mind. And then they're going to not let us get the pay-per-views anymore. What? Oh, they'll let us spend money on the pay-per-views. <laughs> yeah, like they're going to they're gonna block us paying for their fucking shit. They, there just won't be any discounts for a while. Randy Orton gets a, a token of retribution on Sheamus. He doesn't get the belt, but he RKO's Sheamus on the announce table. And uh, Sheamus isn't getting up anytime soon, guys. And this might be a, a Wikipedia-type stipulation, but if Randy Orton lost, which he did, he doesn't get a rematch. I, I, I kind of zoomed through Raw, so... Uh, no, I'm you're not- right, you're right. That, that he, was didn't lose. he didn't lose. He didn't he lose. He won. He just didn't win the title. Exactly. So he can still get another title shot. Okay, because I'm just reading if Randy Orton loses, he cannot. Yeah, he, but he, he didn't lose. lose. He didn't lose, Dave. He well, won. He just didn't win the belt. He, he it won. It was a disqualification. DQ. Via DQ. Yeah. So uh, it's still okay, a win. Well, yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, Wikipedia is not your best uh, resource all the time. So. No, you <laughs> had the stip right. You had the stip right. It, it's just that Randy won via DQ. And it was exactly. Good, it was a good way to surprise us because, you know, then we one would guess that he must win the belt or he won't get to be champion again. But it was a good way to surprise me and <laughs> go back into the old days and get away with getting around that step. And there was a great way, Harmony, to get around that step. It was a fantastic way 
to book around that stip, and they did it fantastically. Is is that a word? Fantastically, it is now. But uh, and not only that, but it continues or, or gives them the opportunity to continue with Orton Sheamus. And and that's what we're going to see at Night of Champions, probably. So why not? I'm I'm zero for three. I'm perfect tonight. Well, you know what? Um, as as I, I stated many times, because I believe the last WWE pay-per-view, I went oh for the pay-per-view and was perfect. And and I discussed this at this t- at that time, and I'll bring it up again, that if you go perfect, perfectly wrong on quick picks on a pay-per-view, that you should get some booby prize. There should be a shenanigans prize. Well, Andy just pistol whipped you. Thank you very much. Andy, the power? The power Andy Knowles just pistol whip you for saying uh, shenanigans. Well, I guess on our next prediction, we should ask not who will win the match between Kane and Rey Mysterio, but who will walk out with the belt. Well, more importantly because than that, Andy Knowles, the power Andy Knowles, is full of shenanigans. Absolutely. On that note, I think we're going to take another commercial break, come back, and discuss more of the happenings on the pay-per-view. But uh, i got to be honest, I... I'm in a very vile mood, so the rest of this broadcast might be bad, people. Just letting you know, I am pissed the fuck off. And generally when you're pissed off, that's when this show gets really entertaining. So stay tuned, everybody. Well, I can't wait till tomorrow because there's going to be quite a few people getting some venom from my ass tomorrow. Guarantee it. Flying away. We'll be back with more Sunday Night Showdown because you can't ban my show, WWE. No matter how hard you try, you cannot stop this broadcast, motherfuckers.
Buyuka, Buyakau, Buyuka, Buyaka. It's time to play the game. It's time to play the game. <laughs> William Shatner sings WWE Superstar Entrance Themes. Coming soon. Well, hello there, friends. WWE Cena Sucks writes, Why is Wrestling News Live the greatest wrestling show on the internet? Well, thank you, Cena Sucks. Wrestling News Live is certainly not great because it's for the fans, by the fans. It is not great because we have a quadruped and a narcissist as our show hosts. It is great because we believe that smelling good breeds success. That's why we here at Wrestling News Live love to use Old Spice. When we combine Old Spice and Wrestling News Live, it's like we get an angry beaver eating pound cake off the scrumptious buttocks of Lindsay Lohan while listening to the entire Brian Adams catalog. Disturbing. But you can see, if you wish to succeed, you need to smell great like those at Wrestling News Live, and you can smell great with Old Spice. Thank you for writing, Cena. Perhaps if you used Old Spice, you wouldn't suck either. You want some? Come, get some. You're either next us, or you're against us. Awesome! Get out of my way. All it's going to take is one RKO. WWE Shop.com, the home of official WWE merchandise. For a limited time only, WWE Shop has reduced prices on all t-shirts. Pick up your authentic top rope or basics tees while this special offer lasts. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ Sexay of Sunday Night Showdown. If you're looking for the latest wrestling news on the World Wide Web, you should check out www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. It's the official news source for Sunday Night Showdown, and you should make it your official news source as well. Once again, that's www.fromheadlockstoheadlines.com. Questioning your faith I have a voice that 
All right, guys, we're back right here on uh, Sunday Night Showdown, bringing you coverage of that pay-per-view from World Wrestling Fuck You Entertainment, SummerSlam, which, as far as my money is concerned tonight, I'm calling it Summer Scam, because I feel like I got scammed out of fucking 50 bucks tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This pay-per-view has absolutely sucked. And if you think my opinion of the WWE was bad before, just wait till before this show is over with tonight. Well, I mean, Shark, it was a five- or six-minute video package of Kane trying to figure out over these last two months, wasn't it like May 31st that this whole thing happened with The Undertaker? Who did it? Who didn't do it? Who has an alibi? Who could justify where they were that night? I mean, I I think back to about a month ago where... uh, the Straight Edge Society had to show Serena getting drunk in a bar with a security camera just so that Kane was sure on that evening that the Straight Edge Society was not attacking The Undertaker. One way or the other, I think this thing ends. My quick pick is Kane defends the belt, and we hear the bong, 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 and in five weeks, Undertaker takes the championship from Kane at Night of Champions. Well, and here's the uh, scenario that I'm really thinking is that, in fact, this is the blow-off between Kane and Rey Mysterio as we see Kane open the casket ringside, and that uh, it's very honest speculation that after we see Rey get counted, that we do witness the lights go down and the bong-bong-bong of the taker uh, re-emerging onto World Wrestling Entertainment programming um having said all of that my whole thought process earlier on this very sunday night showdown broadcast was that they've only have all things being equal about three weeks month to month to build up feuds for pay-per-view matches yet what we've been witnessing here with the whole kane ray mysterio thing has been exactly what i've thought for a long time has been lacking and that's a long time build up and that's what we've been seeing since may the 31st with uh with kane and Rey mysterio and in fact i think they've been doing a really good job of telling the story of what kane thinks uh and i was really enamored with the fact that uh uh this last week that that Rey Mysterio threw it back into the big red monster's face and that he he came right out and said, you know what, Kane, it was you that put your brother, The Undertaker, in a vegetative state. And uh, here again at the beginning of the match, JJ, listen to the crowd. That's right. It's quiet again because they really don't know where this is going and they're they're waiting to experience the storyline that is this match. And hopefully... It'll be the blow-off of the whole Kane Ray Mysterio scenario. Well, let me be real honest. This has been one of the bleakest SummerSlams I've ever seen. Like uh, I said, uh, yeah, that 7-on-7 seven seven is going to have to pay big, big time because and this moment people have been talking about, it's going to have to pay off big, big time. Well, forever to, and, forever in a day, forever in a day, as Dave stated earlier in the show, SummerSlam was the second best pay-per-view that World second Wrestling Federation yeah. Entertainment uh, fed us on a yearly basis, and if uh, the only thing I've been really impressed with has been the video wall and the entrance gimmick. Other than that, um, you know, the, the production value in the Staples Center tonight is second to none, uh, and the matches have left a whole bunch to be desired. Well, I mean, guys, we 
the chat room has been talking about it during our break regarding the fact that this is going to be round three between The Undertaker and Kane, and then other people have made the point that, well, the, the fans who may just be new to the product, especially the young kids, have no idea what the background between Kane and The Undertaker is. I mean, we've been talking about it, WNL's been talking about it, how they've been recycling fans and saying goodbye to old, our demographic and bringing in the new kids uh, who need their mom and dad to buy tickets so that they can go to the shows to generate the revenue. They don't know this background, so I guess maybe in Vince's mind, there's too little of a minority that remembers that this is going to be round three, so they're going to go ahead with it. To me, The Undertaker defeats Kane at Night of Champions, or maybe the pay-per-view afterwards to settle this once and for all, and then oh. uh, Glenn Jacobs takes his retirement. Well, while we have the opportunity, why don't we go ahead and uh, <laughs> and discuss who goes over in this match. Internet Dave, start us off. I've got Kane. Okay, very short and sweet. Well, I, I had it a moment ago. I, I described it a moment ago. Undertaker shows up to confirm that Kane was the assailant to begin with, and we lead into that program. Harmony, what do you got? Kane. That's it? Just Kane? Just Kane. Mark like the Shark to Carlo. One name. <laughs> a name so grand she said it twice. Anyways, um, let's cut through the bullshit. Let's cut right to the chase. If, in fact, Undertaker is coming back, which we really don't know when and where. It could be tonight. It could be actually never. But you'd suspect that given the storyline that Kane's going over, and that's my prediction. Well, I guess we'll make it unanimous. I'm going to go with Kane, too. I think that The Undertaker shows up tonight. At first, my initial thought was that maybe Kane would interfere in, the, or excuse me, that The Undertaker would interfere, interfere in this match and Rey Mysterio would take it, thus leading them to some match. But obviously, we have Night of Champions next month and then Hell in the Cell in October. So I think that Kane keeps the belt tonight. If Undertaker is ready for next month, he comes back and defends that title at Night of Champions, and this continues on to the, ulti uh, the the climatic ending at Hell in a Cell where The Undertaker will more than likely walk away the World Heavyweight Champion and beat his brother Kane for the third and final time. And that would be an excellently booked scenario, having the Hell in a Cell cage match as being the blow-off match between the brothers formerly in arms. And uh, you know what? There's been a lot of things missing from this pay-per-view, guys. But considering the fact that Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. is very cognizant of the fact that whenever they go to Hollywood, whenever they have a show, whether it's a Raw, SmackDown, or a pay-per-view for sure, at the Staples Center in the middle of Hollywood, that there is always something special, that there is always some... Hollywood angle, whether it's uh, an actor or an actress or some involvement in a movie, um, and we haven't seen any of that. Given the fact of what movie debuted this week, JJ, this weekend, yep. zero, zip, nada, fuck all. You know, I I'm, I'm a little disappointed that, quite frankly, the WWE isn't listening to this broadcast right now, because I would love them to know that I think that Hardcore Justice last week was a hell of a lot better than this pay-per-view is. Not even close. And, and no matter what, um, where your political allegiances lie, 
and let's cut through the chase. TNA, WWE, we watch all of it, and we comment on all of it. And uh, kudos, by the way, to TNA for the upscale in their product lately. And uh, uh, what's up in the booking department at WWE? Because, like I just stated, there is generally something extra special when they go to Los Angeles. And I'm really shocked that they haven't at least off-camera, or not off-camera, but, you know, between matches at least interviewed Stone Cold. Considering what movie debuted this weekend, um, I- I'm absolutely shocked that they haven't played the WWE angle with that. And now, granted, it's not a WWE film, but um, having said all of that, at least I would have expected some Hollywood involvement in this pay-per-view, and uh, we haven't seen it. Not that the matches have been bad. I just think that certainly the way that they opened and, and building and, and having Nexus uh, interfere, it could have been done at the end of that match to give the match some meaning and, and have a, a finish and then and then fuck up uh, a Kofi. No problem. I don't have a problem with that. It's just that, that they should have thought more about the actual ma- match itself. And uh, the rest of the pay-per-view has been, um, in a word, bad. I, I just I, I'm you know, flabbergasted at the at the non entertainment factor of this former second best pay per view of the year. You know what I, I, I'm looking. You know, last year was Summerfest. This year is ultimately known as Summer Scam. Summer Scam, ladies and gentlemen. Well, right. you know, and you know what? As we go further along on this show, it just further describes the fact that JG, we're absolutely right. Let the Intercontinental Championship match, have a conclusion, have a winner and a loser, then have Nexus attack. Why ruin a match? And so why have a a no contest and a DQ? Why not have Kofi Kofi and uh, Dolph Ziggler have a winner and a loser, then attack them? Because attacking them during the match, to me, has no more significance than attacking them afterwards. So you were absolutely right when you mentioned that about an hour ago. I don't know, man. I, I I just I'm not feeling it. WWE has just sucked everything out of me. As Ray hits a fucking headbutt from the top, never seen that before. Uh, yeah, Kane is standing and he hits the headbutt right into Kane's chest and literally deflects off. Watch this in the replay. Bloop! Jeez. He deflects. Is he trying to break his neck? This Ray Mysterio tonight. Wow. Well, I'm looking up uh, SummerSlam 2009 results and. That had 369,000 buys, which was down 108,000 from SummerSlam 2008. Well, which that's, had, that's like a, had, 25% less. Yeah, which hold, had hold all, on, guys. Hold on. Trey Dog has line of the night in the chat. More like Summer's Eve. It's got a, it's got a bag of douche written all over it. Oh. Wow. Quote the Trey Dog, nevermore. And, yeah, I mean, SummerSlam 2008 had half a million buys. So, I mean, of course, that was one month before the... Uh, all the, the crashes of the major companies in the United States. Now, now JJ, what Trey Dog just said, uh, that makes perfectly good sense to me because I heard midweek this week that, in fact, that a recently solicited brand new sponsor of World Wrestling Entertainment is, in fact, Massengale Disposable Douche. So the Trey Dog is right. Awesome. That's just <laughs> awesome, people. Well, I mean, even if. if we spend the time to look at last year. Last year at eight matches, 
Uh, Mysterio over Ziggler for, uh, for the Intercontinental. Uh, MVP over Jack Swagger. Chris Jericho and the Big Show over Crime Time as as uh, Jericho really started their momentum with that contest. Well, let me ask you something. Uh, this will require you to look it up, but okay. can you maybe find what the buy rate was for last year's SummerSlam? Yeah, yeah. Because I'm going to be real honest with you. If this one gets over 200,000 buys, I'm going to be impressed. 369 last year, 477 in 2008. So I give it 200. If they're going on the same route, JJ, where they were down 25% over the previous year, you'd think that they would be down at least that much this year. And you know what? I just got to make a comment. Don't, and I know you're pissed off, brother, but but don't hate the product because some yuts, some fuck-up who has nothing better to do than get paid his, uh, his or her hourly wage to surf around the internet and, 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 and advise Ustream on, on what they should and shouldn't be allowing. Um, you know, I, I get how you're pissed off and everything, but uh, uh, some some flunky, some lackey sitting in, in uh, Titan Towers in Stanford, Connecticut was the reason of this. Well, you know what, guys? I mean... Okay, so are you saying the pay per view's been good this far? Because no, I didn't see it. No, no I, I didn't. I, I was just, I was just saying that because of the whole UStream issue, that uh, don't hate WWE because some flunky is sitting uh, on a Sunday night uh, surfing around the internet, looking at uh, shit on the internet, probably on one screen and on the other screen jerking off the porn. Well, I love that I had you know a picture of myself and Harry Smith. It's one of my own photographs that wasn't even taken at a WWE event was taken at a fucking locker room in Stampede Wrestling. I'm glad that that's copyrighted by the WWE. No, I don't. You don't even know that, like, honestly, it could be anything. It could have been music that was played. It could have been pictures. It could, like, it literally could have been anything. That's fine. That's fine. I just wasn't aware that they legally owned my show, too, and, and you know, that it was gimmick infringing. So whatever. That's fine. Fuck you, stream, and fuck them. I don't care. No, but it's, it's the same thing, like, like YouTube um, taking stuff off because of music that's played in it. Okay, like well, I'm sorry that my TV is in the background very faintly. I'm just saying it could be anything, okay? Because I'm watching a show. And you know what? Back to the action in the ring, guys. As, as Rey Mysterio just absolutely lambasted Kane with a stunning sidekick to the side of the head and then ascended to the top turn, turnbuckle, and uh, Dave Kane got him back. Well, you know what? Rey Mysterio, for this individual match, has been wrestling that perfect style when you are undermanned and undermatched against your lar much larger opponent. He's trying all sorts of counters. And anything he can to get the big red machine to fall. And you've got to enjoy this match for exactly what it's trying to be. A small guy trying to chop the tree down of Kane. And here comes a 619 attempt. Oh, and he catches him. Wow, haven't seen that counter of the 619 before. And there goes Ray into the casket. And he's fighting his way out. Did this turn into a casket match without us noticing? Well, the casket's been there the whole time. I don't think this tip was it's a casket match. Well, I don't think it is either. But, yeah, I mean, now the crowd's really starting to build up. I think they were legitimately pissed off that a match that they were going huge for, Randy Orton versus Sheamus, got ruined in the way that it did. 6-1-9 successful by Rey Mysterio. <laughs> Are you, William Shatner? 6-1-9. <laughs> Very dramatic call of the 619 tonight by Internet Dave. 
big two and a half there as uh, as Kane manages to stand up. And I mean, Jesus, whoa! Best you, match of the pay per view so far. People. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you know what? Before the finish, Randy Orton and Sheamus was excellent. Was very, very good. It had Just, its moments. It was, I mean, you know. But this one's been better than that one. Actually, you know what? I can't comment on it because I wasn't paying attention to the match. Oh! Chokeslam finish. Kane goes over clean. Now what happens? Because it seems like what Did happens after the match I is know, more I, important I, I, I than what happens. That, I haven't heard him that excited in During years. the match. Holy shit, Dave. I think you just broke my fucking eardrum there. <laughs> and the mixer, too. Anyway, since we see the replay, the... <laughs> wow, the flippiness into the six one nine, and here, here a further replay. The big boot from Kane on uh, on Rey Mysterio, and this was the beginning of the end as Kane picked up Rey Mysterio one handed and choke slammed from hell, hooked the leg, little Nate with the one two three, and still the world heavyweight champion Kane. Do we see the lights dim? Oh, that was a bit of a, a giveaway. Kane was looking at the entrance gimmick before he took the microphone, and now uh, we Kane uh, delivering a promo to the uh, fallen Rey Mysterio. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter if, if people can hear this in the background now because it's it's pretty much over with. I don't really give a fuck if people yeah. can hear the background or not. I don't Shoutcast, give a fuck. Shoutcast doesn't really give a shit at this point. So, Well, I'm not worried about it. Exactly. If my shoutcast server gets terminated, somebody's getting their ass kicked here tonight. I guarantee you that. You notice how the uh, the color of of the casket is very similar to the color of of Ray Mysterio's outfit for the and season. the ring posts and, and the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yes, yeah, they, they're on a red fix. Random shirt over there. Red. Well, and, you know what? And Melina's outfit partially. Yes, the red and yellow summery colors, as you described. Uh, to us, uh, oh, and hey, look at the background. There's red and yellow, so you know, not a whole Kogan pay per view, people. But uh, well, it's sunshine and some Summer Slam, and okay, when the casket opens up again, people, the Undertaker will be in the casket. Well, yes, oh, God, and and there were that, that was the dead giveaway, the dead man giveaway, if you will. As we've got a second consecutive choke slam delivered to Ray Mastrio. Mastrio, as as Santino yeah. Morello would call him, Ray Mastrio. Mastrio. And really, did you catch did you catch Santino being the special guest referee in the uh, <laughs> in the Divas uh, bathing suit match? And I, I know Get that I, I know that there's a PG rating about Fuck WWE television programming right now. But did you see the disgusting one piece bathing suits on the Divas this past Friday on SmackDown? I had to. Holy admit, shit! Hold on, hold on, guys. It's got to be PG, of course. Kane opening up the casket. There you go. After the tombstone, and my God, it's the Undertaker. Biggest pop of the night. It's like he's seen a ghost, JJ, and you were right. Oh man, this is what the crowd had been waiting for, and waiting for, and waiting for. And now they're going to pop. Looks like Charles Shane, the webmaster for this site, got his wish. Uh, he is actually in. Charles Shane's in the casket, too. Actually, Charles Shane is at the arena watching SummerSlam tonight. So uh, he just uh, he celebrated a birthday recently. So happy birthday to Charles Shane. He got his birthday wish. The Undertaker is back. I mean, they don't call this guy the phenom for nothing. No, not at all. And uh, look at the way Kane with his one blue eye and his one green eye is looking at... The Undertaker, and uh, 
I think right now, with the look on, on Taker's face, he's really looking at disgusted Kane as he now is looking at Ray Mastrio. And will it be Mysterio feeling the wrath of the Undertaker? Taker is really doing a good, good job at uh, deciding who put him in a vegetative state. Taker telling. <laughs> Oh my god, this is awesome. The Undertaker's trying to cut a promo and then he, he had gas right in the middle of it. Wow. Wow. Have you ever heard of an eye for an eye? <laughs> 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 wow. Maybe he maybe he smoked a big fatty. I hope that's on wrestle crap later. I'm sure it will be. Yeah, That's it'll probably awesome. be there in about five minutes. Actually, I think this whole pay-per-view is going to be on wrestle crap before the night's over with. Well, like I said, I mean, the wrestling has been excellent. Kane and Mysterio wrestled a not, very not good match. Not for every match. Th this last match was good. Yes. It was. I, I should have said the wrestling for the title matches. If well, you're going to let a person up, don't do it by the throat. And, and, on, the, on the positive side, at least when Josh Pedra is doing his next article and looking at the inanimate jobs, of course, you'd have to add uh, Sunday Night Showdown jobs to Ustream. You have to also add the fact that the Undertaker job to a cough. So there's two <laughs> submissions uh -oh. right there in the month of August for Josh Pedra. And Taker gives the sign that this is the beginning of the end for somebody. He's putting over the fact that he's going to do it to Mysterio as he turns around. And in a look of horror, horror I say, Kane and they do the Hogan U absolutely. in the Staples Center. Wow. Absolutely. But, I, I mean, yeah, what would Rey Mysterio have gained from trying to take out The Undertaker? I mean, The Undertaker has to take a, a honeymoon sometime, but... Uh -oh. Okay, I, I'm ready. Hit me. Um, the double choke. Double choke. Michelle McGull didn't get a honeymoon. She worked all the way through it. That's true. On her knees. Oh, God. That was the vegetative state they were talking about. Maybe she was in the vegetative state. Maybe. <laughs> oh, and a nice reversal by Kane into a tombstone. Wow. So, obviously, we know what's going to happen next month for uh, Night of Champions. Looks like Kane will be defending against The Undertaker. And on the positive side, guys, now that Ustream isn't around, maybe the bandwidth on my Internet won't be so fucked up for Wrestling News Live. We won't have the Skype and Death Drop anymore. Uh, I would almost guarantee you're not going to have the Skype and Death Drop anymore. At all. I'm I'm not gonna re I'm not gonna get another account with them. I'm done. No, don't. I'm done. Shubcast, ladies and gentlemen, the official audio carrier of all shows on the SNS radio network. Well and don't forget if you've missed any uh, portion of tonight's broadcast, uh, we'll have an archive ready probably late this evening or very more likely tomorrow morning. And don't forget Wasted News Live and the Kid Cash interview are now officially on iTunes. So uh, go to Sunday Night Showdown and, and search for those, and you'll find them, and they are there ready for you to enjoy after a long wait to uh, from their original broadcast date to tonight. And, J.J., did, did uh, the trade dog pop when Kid Cash made an appearance at the uh, uh, Hardcore Justice pay-per-view? Did you guys discuss that at all? I think we, we briefly discussed it. It wasn't a really, really a big deal, but, uh, you know. And nice. It's funny because Kid Cash was on the pay-per-view, but he was not on the whole effing show impact version this last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it was definitely a one-off for the cash. Kid Cash, that is. The notorious KID. You know what? 
I threw in the uh, the the DVD of, of last week's show that I made uh, from the TNA ECW show, and you know what? I sat through that Tracy Smothers, FBI, Kid Cash, Swinger, and Diamond six-man tag, and I laughed my ass off. I mean, that's what it was meant to be. It wasn't supposed to be a technical wrestling showcase. It was supposed to be just a, a fun little match. And that's what he and that's what Taz described in the commentary. You could get anything towards like a three ring circus, and and ECW was about all around entertainment. So uh, to this day, I mean, a week later, I'm still maintaining that I really enjoy this pay per view. As we may get some more information here, I guess the official announcement regarding SmackDown moving to Sci Fi. I think it's going to be really interesting this coming week on SmackDown, JJ, when. Kane gives his reason, and I think that we're all reserved ourselves to the fact that that's what's going to be, that Kane gives his reasoning behind doing what he did to The Undertaker. Yeah, I'm sure he will. It's going to be uh, an interesting and poignant explanation, I'm sure, Mark and the Shark long, DiCarlo. And long, and, and, and ever after having maybe listen to Kane's explanation, hopefully for World Wrestling Entertainment, the viewing audience won't be in a vegetative state. Hopefully not. You know, Trey makes a very good point in the chat right now. This is the only site that enjoyed the ECW TNA pay-per-view. He's right. I listened to a bunch of shows this past week where my journalistic integrity as a wrestling fan and as a wrestling radio show host was called into play because every other place that I've listened to this week panned it and gave it shitty ratings. For a one-off show, guys, it wasn't bad. It was a classic ECW-style show where not a lot of shit had to make sense, but it was entertaining to watch. And, you know, I stand by my decision to say that was a good show. I'm enjoying that show a hell of a lot more than I'm enjoying SummerSlam tonight. Well, I agree with you, and uh, I likewise, like yourself was uh, very privy to a lot of negative publicity that Hardcore Justice had. And you know what? It's been said before, and I'll say it again. Opinions are like assholes, and everybody has one, and you're all entitled to your opinion. And uh, some would say that, and I'm sure we've been called worse, but some would say we're assholes on this show. But if our opinion means that we're assholes, welcome to the Asshole Radio Network. Yeah, no shit. You know, like, I don't really care what other radio shows or whatever say about what we do on this program. That's fine. I don't really care because I'm not about what anybody else gives a shit about. I'm covering, you know, obviously what entertains me, what I like to talk about, what I have a passion for. And if that makes me, uh, you know. A chump? Yeah. Then what the hell? <laughs> you know, whatever. That's okay. That's okay as we, uh, we're getting ready. And, and I'd like to comment, just if I could, for a moment on what we just saw. It was a video expose of the goings-on in and around Los Angeles and Hollywood this week. Uh, the build-up to fan access that was yesterday and the day before. And uh, uh, you can see, uh, Internet Dave, all the fun that all the WWE superstars had at the various functions in and around Los Angeles leading up to SummerSlam today. Absolutely, and you know what? The first thing that came to my mind when I saw that video package is this is what TNA has to do in Daytona Beach on 10-10-10 for Bound for Glory. This is the kind of huge media circus that they need 
to draw some attention to themselves in the local market and not have to have a an upper tier of the arena that they're going to be in be uh, black marked and, and marked off so that you can't see that there's nobody in the crowd. This is what WWE does the best. They market themselves and they tell people that they exist. The difference between One Night Stand and Hardcore Justice was marketing. That's why it's 400,000 buys versus probably twelve or 15,000 buys. It's marketing, marketing, marketing. And even if it's a horrible wrestling program, this is a great marketing company. Because they know what they need to do. I mean, the SummerSlam 7-Eleven Slurpees. I mean, what you, what um, TNA has to do is get a, a huge main tr- mainstream sponsor that everyone knows and everyone recognizes, even if it's not the leader in its industry, and just use them to, to really get behind the, their product. I would agree with your, your point there, Dave. Um, I, I kind of want to shift the focus for a second, and, uh, you know, I, I hate to bring up a somber kind of tone here, but, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I'm sure everybody in the wrestling uh, business has heard, you know, all you fans out there probably heard that this week that, uh, that Lance Cade had passed away at the age of 20, 29, I believe. And uh, the cause of death right now is believed to be a heart failure. Uh, according to family members, he wasn't looking very healthy. But it's sad when a guy that's 29 years old that really barely had a, had a break in this business. And, I mean, let's face it, as part of uh, the team of, uh, you know, Caden and Murdoch. You know, Trevor Murdoch. Trevor yeah. Murdoch. Yeah. yeah. You know, they they had two runs with the tag team championship, and of course, he was known as Garrison Cade for a little bit, and he actually had a, a tag team championship with with Lance Storm at the time. So it's kind of sad. This, I mean, he was one of the original students of Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. You know, and Shawn Michaels uh, very upset over the passing of Lance Cade. A lot of people have said a lot of positive things about the guy, and you know, I always thought he had unlimited potential. But he never really got an opportunity to get over on the microphone. He never really got over. Well, and you know what, JJ, and it, whenever anybody passes away, it's sad. But what's really sad is he passed away when he was 29, two little girls. Very sad that the whole scenario is just, I, I can't think of a better word than, than sad. But as far as his career, he was really saddled with some cheesy gimmicks and i read yesterday online some very interesting and heartfelt comments from sean michaels and this week sean michaels upon learning of lance kate's passing um was very taken aback by the fact that he was very um excited about lance kate's potential within the industry and that he really felt that he was as i just stated saddled with a couple of less than questionable (laughs) and formidable gimmicks and really suffered because of it long term and all that aside you can speculate why he passed away the widespread speculation was that in fact he had a heart attack and I don't care. I mean, he was obviously in in excellent physical condition, but 
if in fact, and I, I guess we're going to find out post-mortem when they make the um, findings of the autopsy public, but if in fact it was due to steroid use, let's not forget that steroids not only build muscle, but your heart is a muscle, and it makes your, your heart muscle grow as well, and as your heart muscle grows, the arteries and the capillaries become condensed and don't allow the flow of blood and oxygen and you have a heart attack either you have a heart attack or you have a stroke and if in fact it was the case another in the long long line and we've talked in this very show ad nauseum on many occasions about how sad that scenario is well you know and I, you make a good point as far as as that is concerned with the steroids this is the same thing, basically, that happened to Eddie Guerrero in 2005. You know, because of that enlarged heart. It makes me wonder, in a day and age when guys, and I'm not wishing death on anybody, so don't don't take me uh, out of context in what I'm about to say, but when a guy like Jake the Snake Roberts uh, that partied and, and still is, you know, hooked on drugs major, you know, and, you know, a guy like Jim, Jim Anvil Neidhart, who doesn't have the greatest body in wrestling, but has done some pretty uh, pretty fucked up shit in his career. When these guys are outliving guys that are much younger, that are built up guys. I mean, Eddie Guerrero was a small guy until he started taking steroids. You know, and and Jim the Anvil Neidhart and I are not recently because he lives in Tampa, Florida now. But for a long time, we were very good friends. And he said to me, and I repeated this to you this week, JJ, that in fact Jim the Anvil Neidhart said to me on many occasions. That, yes, he's, he's partied and, and partied hard over the course of time, but that the reason that he thinks that he's still around is because he never did steroids. And, and that's my point exactly. Exactly. I mean, exactly to the point. You know, everybody talks about, well, steroids. There's no proof that steroids are bad, blah, 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 blah. Oh, now I know why the WWE banned me, because John Cena's wearing a purple shirt. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. That's the reason. Maybe that's what it As was. As we see a new shirt and new hat unveiled... By C Nation. Well, uh, it, maybe Cena's going to be cheering for the Vikings this year because he's wearing purple and uh, and yellow, Dave. Maybe, but, but uh, hold on a second before <laughs> we right. go any further. Back right. to the point at hand. My condolences to the family and friends of, of Lance McNaught, also known as Lance Cade uh, or Garrison Cade. Uh, tragic loss. You know, it would have been nice to see him at some point maybe work with the WWE again. It was kind of sad. He was let go in 2008 when he had a thing going on. Uh, he, there was obviously he had a problem on a plane. He had a seizure and got booked into rehab. And when he came back, HBK said they're not going to use you. And shortly after that, he was released. And, you know, he worked on the indies a little bit. He did other things. And it's, it's just sad, you know, that a guy 29 years old, father of, of two little girls, has, has passed on. And I, I still say it relates to the fact that, Early on in his career, he took the steroids. Dave, just I know you want to make a comment. I just want to say something right now. What do you think they're thinking of in, in Titan Towers when you look at guys like Skip Sheffield, who's obviously spent more days than not with a needle in his ass or in his arm, and it's so obvious that, that, that he has taken the juice or has been taking the juice and, and they continually live through the passing of 
former WWE superstars based on their lifestyle, uh, based on heart enlargement, based on the fact that they passed on from heart attacks, yet they still allow, whether they allow, they still send the red flag up the pole. Okay, next month you're going to be tested, so, you know, you better go clean. And it's just a bunch of fucking bullshit. Well, you know, I've been saying for the longest time, uh, you know, most of you who know who Skip Sheffield is, uh, he was the former Ryan uh, Ryan Reeves in the Tough Enough, the Million Dollar Tough Enough. He was actually called uh, the Silverback there for a while. Right. And if you go back and you look at any of those shows in 2004 and you look at him now, it's obvious that he has been on the roids. I mean, it's absolutely obvious. I mean, I said from day one of NXT season one that that kid was a walking wellness violation in progress. Well, you know what? Um, I did find an interview with uh, Lance Cade on uh, Kenny Bolin's Podomatic series, so hopefully it's still in some server somewhere. So if you want to Google the last uh, audio interview that Lance Cade gave with Kenny Bolin, probably... I think it was about an hour and a half or two hours as Brett the Hitman Hart works his way down to the ring. And uh, we have six members with one more left to introduce. So uh, Lance Cade, it's there somewhere, guys. So so try to find it and, and listen to it. And I know that the chat is buzzing about this. I want to thank Sean for sending me the link. Uh, it appears WWE has absolutely screwed up on something tonight as Daniel Bryan has some sort of interview or something. He's back on the Raw roster page right now at WWE.com. I just on looked at that. On your knees, bow down, and kiss my feet. I thought you were going to go with the kiss my ass Wait, harmony. here you go. Cena's telling him he's not the seventh member right now. He waited he too thinks. long. I told you, he thinks he was the seventh. Oh, my God, did I book this shit? Beautiful. Beautiful. The only epic saving grace of this pay-per-view thus far. So, Dave, get on the homepage of Raw. Let's let's check it out firsthand. Well, they've probably removed it by now, but let's double-check. Have a look. Have a look. Wait till you see everyone mark out in about 30 it's seconds. You. It's going to be Daniel fucking Bryan, people. Or is it going to be Bryan uh, Danielson? Or it might be Bryan Danielson. Danielson did a pro wrestling gorilla show last oh! fucking night, people. Last bow, night. Bow, motherfuckers, bow! Goddamn, woman. Wow, she's excited. Mr. Neck. Oh, chills. And now, and now Michael Cole gets to rip Mr. Necktie Puller himself. Gets to rip him apart. And I think this was the plan from day one. Of course it was. This was absolutely was. the plan. It is was. This, I, I said it was the plan. Is this Cena's big secret that, oh, my God, I'm wearing a purple shirt and uh, Daniel Bryan shows up? All no. hail Queen Harmony. That's right, bitches. Congratulations, Harmony. I'm not seeing I'll anything on, on the front of WWE. Obviously, we, we know the answers I, here. I but. think I should win all of Quick Picks just for that. That was a pretty good pick. Just, just for that, I'm ending the show tonight with jizz in my pants. Well, <laughs> Well, don't forget that... Thank God it's going to be in your pants, fucker. Don't, don't forget, Shark, that you confirmed a couple of months ago that, yes. that PWA tried to get Daniel That's Bryan right. for three or four weeks from now. And That's they said, right. I think I might be going back to WWE. That's now. right. I said that on this very show. But what I, I'm very surprised at is that uh, 
and I won't reveal the source because he's a lot bigger than all of us, but it was brought to my attention that, in fact, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, had taken and confirmed a whole bunch of bookings up until uh, Christmas. So it don't matter. It's all a fucking work. And, you know, everybody keeps talking about this 90-day no-compete clause. Oh, it's 90 days isn't up. It's not competing if it's the same fucking company. That's, that's what I always wanted. That's a work, too. The 90-day no-compete is a work only if you have intentions of not having the superstar back within the 90 days. Yeah, I mean, who cared about Daniel Bryan's 90-day countdown when it was the same con- company? So now he is in the ring with... Darren Young. Darren Young. You know what, guys? A lot of these guys, to me, <coughs> every time they're on TV, still look really nervous and still seem really intimidated. The South African kid, um, the kid with the red hair, they just seem scared to me. And hopefully, let's see what happens here. I mean, Darren Young got his ass kicked oh, by John maneuver. Cena about five weeks ago, and he was going for a submission, and he may ha- he has the crippler crossface and a submission. Darren Young is out. Seven on six. Daniel Bryan's looking for the next did you see member how of the he, Nexus. Did you see how he had that cross face with the with his knee in behind Darren Young's head in the crook of his neck, JJ? That was uh, spectacular. And for a lot of people, and, and there's still a lot of people out there that have no idea of Bryan Danielson's history and ring of honor and what a submission machine he really is. Well, it kind of makes you wonder now. Who goes over here? Does the Nexus win this, or does Team WWE? I still think that you really have to put over, as a booking department, you really got to put over Nexus, or they lose some momentum, for sure. <laughs> I, I figured out why um, Ustream got shut down. Because they, yes. they, they figured out that I knew everything that was going to happen, and they were concerned that I was going to leak it out there to the masses. I think that's exactly it. That's, that's, that's Harmony drinking her own Kool-Aid. Hey, <laughs> hey when she's Who right, she's it? right. Uh, you got to give it to her. She did call this. She did. I called it then. I called it start of the show. Oh, how about this? All you naysayers. Oh, Justin Gabriel, two and a half. I don't uh, like the fact almost that... Almost got pinned by our truth I don't like the fact that Justin Gabriel is wearing uh, Heart Dynasty slash Foundation colors. What's yeah, up with it, that? it does look that way. I, yeah, I, I'm terrible. gonna have. To, I'm going with the Nexus going over here too, Dave. What do you got? I got Nexus. You got to continue the momentum, or why create them in the first place? I'm almost hoping I'm wrong. That way, I can be perfectly wrong all night. Well, and, and you know what? There is there is. No, a wait, 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 wait. We I all have Kane. Kane. We all have you Kane. had Kane. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I had one right. That's Damn. right. Damn. Damn it! They ruined my score. You, you don't. You don't win, JJ. You don't win the Goose Egg Award tonight. Damn it! I I likewise feel as though. Nexus goes over, absolutely. We got Michael Tarver here, who is the son of a boxer. What Antonio Antoni- Tarver? Antonio Tarver, yes. Oh, and he was, and he was kind of flex, flexing some uh, boxing uh, moves there against our truth at the beginning. For many, many years, his father Antonio Tarver was a uh, distinguished champion in the light heavyweight division and fought some uh, really, really top-notch, world-class uh, boxing opponents like Roy Jones Jr. And uh, uh, very many others. And good to see uh, Tarver Jr. doing well. Uh, possibly now we have the first elimination from Team WWE as uh, John Morrison is beating up on Michael Tarver. John Morrison with a new goatee, it looks like. 
No, he's got a beard. Full or, beard. It's an epic heel beard he's working on there. Yeah, and epic I think heel that beard. he's going to be a heel, period, at not too distant future. And Tarver is go. eliminated by John Morrison. Joe Mo gets uh, gets an elimination here, ladies so, and gentlemen. JJ, would the, would it, the setup of, of the way that Nexus took care of uh, their opponents on this past Monday night's Raw, where they or two weeks ago, pardon me, where they where they eliminated everybody and it was seven on one. Is that what we might see tonight in reverse? You know what? It's possible. Like I said, I really think that in order for this Nexus angle to continue and not send these guys back to developmental, I just can't see them getting decimated to this point. I mean, I, guys, I really hope that they get a close up of Bret Hart's shirt. Tonight, obviously not a WWE produced shirt. It's a picture of he and Owen and and um, and and his mother and father, Stu and Helen, on the front of the shirt. What a great shirt it is! As we see uh, Skippy in with uh, Morrison right now, and I I predict Morrison gets eliminated by Skip Sheffield, who is the uh, he's the fucking powerhouse of this group. Bottom line, Skip Sheffield is scary fucking powerful. And I, I got to say, I love his uh, over-the-shoulder boulder holder finisher. The boulder holder, yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, J.J., you watched every episode of NXT Season 1. I mean, And covered it. And covered it, uh, as you do with NXT Season 2, every Tuesday night on Unplugged. You won't find a more qualified person to talk about NXT. A half hour after NXT ends, join this Shoutcast server and uh, tune in. Yes, and even Crelly will be on. But... Uh, God to me, did it. these guys, like, you saw these guys. Did they progress? Did they get better as the weeks and weeks went by as they faced each other in the ring or faced their mentors in the ring? Well, like, for, first of all, consider this. For them to be on national television, they have to bring something to the dance. They have to be good enough to be out of FCW to be on national television. If the WWE didn't feel that they were good enough to be out of developmental, they would not have been on the NXT show. You had the polished rookies or the polished stars on the show. And that's what they do. And I think that they have progressed. I think Skip Sheffield has progressed quite a bit since 2004. Wade Barrett, I think, is is absolutely, he's money. Oh, absolutely, Wade Barrett's money. There's and, no And obviously the that. class of Nexus and, uh, uh, you know, the, the speculation has been running rampant as to what might happen and who might be the the leader of Nexus from the WWE side of the coin. I don't see that happening in any way, shape, or form. Wade Barrett has been doing an outstanding job, and I think they stay with this roster of seven as Nexus for an indefinite period of time. What are you smirking at, JJ, over there, reading the chat? Oh, I'm just I'm reading the trade dog. Harmony, due to her booking powers, will now replace me as the host of Wrestling News Live Ooh. from here on out. You've been future endeavor, JJ. What? It sounds like you've been future endeavored by the trade dog. Uh, replaced. He's that, he's inferring that Harmony's going to replace you. He's going to. Trey is surrendering. What the fuck his, are you talking about? Trey is surrendering his own position in oh, favor. Oh, of I see. Okay, he's going to surrender his own. Is position. your hearing aid not working no, tonight? No, it's not. Shark? Obviously, it's not. What the fuck, man? Anyway, anyway, so Trey Dog is is professing that he's going to give up his own spot on WNL to Harmony. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. I don't think anybody could ever replace the trade dog. Nobody. No fucking buddy. Yeah, WNL with Mr. Money on the mic and the missus. I spend all the money. But I could sit uh. down with him and go drink for drink. 
Oh, there's a, a, actually you outdrunk them. There's as, a challenge. Oh, oh, pardon me. There was a competition at one time, right? No, there wasn't. But she outdid both of them. Oh, okay. Skip Sheffield eliminates John Morrison. Did I not say he'd be the first elimination? I did. And so. here comes the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Bret Hart yet to appear. Edge yet to appear. Here, I, th- I believe also. Is Bret Hart really going to wrestle in this? I mean, really? Really? He he may get the final. Really? Oh, Skip Sheffield Skip eliminates, eliminates the truth. Right. Oh. Here comes Jericho. And, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens with Jericho and Edge. I mean, in the last two or three weeks on Raw, they've talked about how they want to get back on the same page and, and uh, take the Raw brand over by themselves. Uh-oh, so it's heating up. The heat in the chat, Dave, is heating up. Uh, Trey Dog stated she drank with him. She didn't out-drink him. I said we could go drink for drink. I never said anything about I would out-drink him. I said we could go drink for drink, and we could. Well, and you know what? And I've never if seen... I could drink like no woman. Now, I, I've never seen... And I'll back you up there. Uh, now, I've never seen the Trey Dog drink. JJ has. I have been a first-hand surveyor and observer of Harmony, Boom Boom Sexay, drinking. And and like she just stated, I don't know any other three women that collectively could out-drink Harmony. And and I don't know, JJ, you, you've seen them both drink. Who, who would who would your quick pick in a drinking contest between the Trey Dog and Harmony go to? It's already happened, and she out-drank both Trey and JSK. And let me tell you why. Because American beer is watered down it is and canadian beer is much heavier and she drank american beer which means her tolerance for it is more so than what they're used to that's right so again she out drank them it's not a hard concept to get i was there i remember it actually it wasn't beer it was um what do they call it down in the well south? there was rye beer whiskey? too there was there was rye but there was also beer, did I drink beer? you See, did i drank so much i don't even remember what jagger I was the only one not shit-faced drunk that night because I wasn't happen? drinking all the beer. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Somebody had to get the beer to load up oh, the beer machine. Well, you were the, you were the runner, and they were the drinkers. Yes. Ah, I see. But it was hands down. She went over, eh? She, oh, yes. <laughs> well, the question is, does Daniel Bryan uh, c- continue with his independent bookings, or was, was that all a sham so. to begin with? It was all a sham, a scam, and not only that, it was a work. Oh, come on, Trey. Trey's upset in the chat. You know better than that that me and Harmony were sipping beer and drinking Jaeger. And, yeah, after you guys were done, you fucking spent five hours singing karaoke. Yeah. So we're there. S- Springfield and C23 were never the same again. Here we go. Here Brett comes Hart. the hitman. Punch, punch, punch. And, and Brett will eliminate Heath Slater, by the way. Yes, he will. Because Heath Slater is the worst of this group. And like I said, the guy that looks the most nervous. There's no question about that, even to this day. But you know what, Shark? If he wants to be in that ring, I'm not going to say no. No, not at all. Good on, uh, good on the hitman. And uh, and so far, in his uh, 22 seconds in the ring, he's uh, looking pretty good. Really love that shirt. I have to ask him about it. Actually, Trey, as memory serves me, you were passed out long before harmony and i went to bed oh now the truth of the matter comes out well i if daniel bryan's now part of the raw brand we'll see exactly how michael cole treats him going forward 
because he was really mad when uh, when he showed up at the beginning. Yeah, it's a picture of uh, Brett and Stu on the Brett on the left, Stu on the right, and some. You said Owen in the middle. I hope Martha isn't watching this. Oh, I, I can almost be rest assured and guarantee you she's not watching this. And even if she is, it's not WWE product. It's no. not WWE. No, it's Brett's shirt. I'm surprised they. Profit. I'm surprised they actually let him uh, wear it. Harmony. Chair really? into the ring. Sharpshooter on Heath Slater. Skip Sheffield gets a pin. Get a tag, and here's Brett oh, with Brett the chair. Brett DQ'd. Wait yeah. a second. Yeah, I think Brett just got eliminated. Yep. Yeah, Brett gets DQ'd for using the chair. Ne- never took a bump, but that's fine. Well, Even it, though Nexus introduced the chair. But they didn't use it. That's right. That's right. Get out of there, Brett. Brett just screwed Team WWE. Brett screwed Brett. He screwed him. <laughs> Brett screwed Brett, yes. Brett screwed Brett. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, yeah, it's funny because it like- the back of that shirt does have... A WWE logo on it, so maybe they're doing a new Brett retro shirt. Wasn't wasn't that Brett on the left, Owen on the right, and Stu in the middle? Code breaker by Chris Jericho. On but he's not going for the pin. No. That should have been the pin right there. Yep. Now here comes Edge. That's going to cost him as Edge is getting ready to hit that spear on big skip Sheffield. (laughs) Look look at the brother smack himself. The brother is smacking himself. They're yelling spear, spear, spear again like they did right before WrestleMania. Oh, so and he nailed him, but good. He's going to have to do a good night, Skippy. Good job making people hate him again starting tomorrow night. Damn We're it. down to four. I thought Sheffield would be one of the final two eliminated. That was one of the biggest pops of the night, second only The Undertaker coming out of the casket. Uh, Edge administering the, the spear on Skippy Sheffield. Now Justin Gabriel comes in the ring and instantly gets a big boot by Edge. So Justin Gabriel, Heat Slater, Wade Barrett, who is I don't think has appeared yet, and who else is left? I think that's David it. Otunga. Oh yeah, Otunga. Four to four right now, and it's Daniel Bryan, John Cena, Jericho, and Edge. We're into the thirtieth minute of this. Uh, well, if you if you count the video package in the introductions. 25 minutes before the hour, and, uh, you know, you think they're going to go at least another 10, 15 minutes. And uh, so far, uh, honestly, with the whole Brian Danielson uh, opening, I think that uh, it's been a very interesting and entertaining main event. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Cena, if Cena sells those, uh, doesn't turn heel tonight, how many purple... Shirts, never give up shirts, will be in the crowd tomorrow, <laughs> wherever they are. He's not turning heel, guys. Again, merchandising. No, definitely not. It's suicide, man. And, and the reason he's not, uh, Dave, he, the reason he's not turning heel tomorrow, because if he did, why would they come up with a new shirt and a hat? The reason he's not turning heel is because Brian Danielson will turn on Team WWE. Now that. And go back to the uh, Nexus. Now that, I think. Would be believable. And that is your turn, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, everybody wanted a turn. That's your turn. As Heath Slater just really lay it into edge. Over the last few weeks, people have been predicting John Morrison, John Cena, The Miz, and now Daniel Bryan. So, But, I mean, didn't he get a huge response when he came out to the ring tonight? Huge pop. (laughs) Third biggest pop of the night behind Taker and uh, Edge spearing uh, Skippy. 
Well, and if nothing comes through with this uh, promise by Cena that this would be a groundbreaking night in his career, then trust no Twitter ever again. Did Harmony. you just say if nothing? Um, Daniel Bryan's back. <laughs> that was the epicness of it. That's a huge night in my career. Daniel Bryan comes back, and now I have a purple he shirt. He in his career, he said, in WWE history. Well, considering the way that they very publicly future-endeavored Brian Danielson, you know, I, I really think that... Uh, uh, well, they did it on the website. Well, they, yeah, exactly. Not really on camera. No, I, I, obviously they did it on the website. That uh, And the, the widespread uh, coverage that Danielson being shown the door was given around the IWC that this is... This is big news tonight. Well, I got to tell you that I found a YouTube video of Brian Danielson's first independent appearance, and there had to have been 50 guys in the crowd wearing ties, and he had probably been handed 10 or 15 as he was walking from the entranceway into the ring. So uh, people knew exactly what the story was, and that just shows you to this day how loyal fans of uh, Ring of Honor and independent wrestling continue to be. Absolutely. Um when you think about it, now we've got uh, Wade Barrett finally in the matches. He's got a nice headlock applied to Edge on the floor. Trey makes a very valid point that the new Cena shirt is actually the Lakers' colors. Correct. So. Not only the Lakers, but the Minnesota Vikings, and obviously them revealing the new shirt and hat uh, in Los Angeles makes sense, given the fact that it is, as Trey so eloquently put in the chat, the Lakers' colors. And go ahead, Harmony. Is it me, or has Daniel Bryan not been in the match yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. He oh, was yeah. in there early on. He, he was oh, in there early. Oh, I guess I yeah. He, he yeah. got the first elimination. Yeah, he got the first elimination. He was on early on. Trey makes a point in the chat room that on Wrestling News Live, we all kind of thought that this was a work. Even on Sunday Night Showdown, we thought that that Bryan Danielson was a work. So, a obviously, it totally Re is. Rewind. I had to defend myself for thinking that I on initially this very show go you back and listen. Her. hold on go back and listen i initially agreed with her okay all right for the two minutes and then you turned the next week well shark uh, okay so you're, like, you're brilliant and i was Excuse like me, a smarty in a room full harmony, of fat harmony, chicks harmony stand up <laughs> so i can kiss your ass and fucking pra and praise your greatness oh. what happened to that webcam the education on uh, by edge on David Otungtide. Well, you know what? Of all the eight guys left in the ring, Cena's the only one that hasn't appeared to this to this point. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Cena tags Jericho, or excuse me, Edge tags tags Jericho to right. Cena's surprise. Right. But uh, apparently, there's some other Vikings fans in in the crowd of the chat tonight uh, well Sharks, well so. well all, all of us vikings fans are once again been subjected to the preseason booking prowess of none other than brett the hitman Favre, and uh and of course we, we're waiting with bated breath to see uh what brett Favre's uh decision was is going to be with respect to coming back but even without brett Favre last night uh the vikings tore uh, the St. Louis Rams uh, from pillar to post. As we see uh, Chris Jericho with the walls of Jericho on David O'Tungtide. And he taps. Four to three. WWE has the advantage. 
Heath Slater walks into a quick elbow by Chris Jericho. Ouch. And a knock off the off the apron to behind the, the announce desk. As uh, Jericho and Heath Slater may just get counted out here in a typical Survivor Series elimination style move where they just want to eliminate guys quick so they get out of the ring. Oh, okay. Well, so much for that theory. Don't forget, if you're just joining us, uh, let's review what's currently happened on this. I have to admit, when the 23 are, are ranked, Shark, this is not going to be among the top This might be 22. Half. This might be. <laughs> but look at Dave. The, the crowd in the Staples Center are in unison, standing as we get a bit of heat between Jericho and Cena right now as Heath Slater ducked. And and, uh, and there you go, Heath Slater uh, grabs the leg and gets the three count on Chris Jericho as Jericho uh, bumped into Cena, who is on the outside. And now Jericho's eliminated, and now Edge has taken umbrage with, with what he is perceiving to be Cena's fault, and really it wasn't. Go well, ahead. basically, uh, Edge is accusing John Cena of not getting out of the way of Chris Jericho, which led to Jericho's elimination. Edge wanted to be in the match next. Schoolboy Slater, Slater eliminates Edge. Wow, what does that do for the career of Heath Slater Harmony? Eliminating both Jericho and Edge simultaneously or in concession. And Edge, spear, Edge spears John Cena. There we go. What do you think about go that, ahead, Harmony? Let's try this again. It's going to send him straight to the moon, to the stars, to outer space. Just like when Evan Bourne pinned Chris Jericho a couple months ago. Well, now Cena and Jericho are done with, or excuse me, Edge and Jericho are done with Cena. Yeah, they, they both slapped uh, Cena as they exit the Staples Center ringside area. And uh, really, and here's Daniel Bryan checking on the well-being of John Cena. You know, this really reminds me of um, New Year's Re Revolution. I uh, can't remember what year it was. A couple years back when Edge cashed in his money in the, in the bank at the very end of the show. The show was lackluster. It was not very good. He came out and did that. We all left on a high. And then, oh, we wanted to buy the next pay-per-view because a surprise happened. And, you know, I thought it was the beginning of a new year and we would see this at more pay-per-views. People would buy more. Things would get more interesting. Of course, that didn't happen. But this reminds me a lot of that because the show wasn't very good. But when this, this little swerve came out, it got a lot more exciting in here. And uh, since the swerve, uh, and really in Cena's defense, he really did nothing. He... He, you know, he Slater bumped uh, Chris Jericho, and Jericho happened to bump into Cena, and obviously that was storyline as we now watch um, Wade Barrett with his boxing prowess and laying a couple of uh, right crosses and left jabs into the facial area of John Cena. Well, I mean, Cena and Brian are, are left. It's two on three, and Michael Cole is still ragging on Daniel Bryan saying that uh, Team Cena should have picked The Miz instead. So this issue between Michael Cole and Daniel Bryan is not over yet. It continues. It continues. And I think that's what they want. I think that's probably what a lot of the fans want too. And I, I, really, I really have to uh, uh, agree with the fact that since we've just seen two swerves in a row here and that uh, Jericho and Edge are now eliminated what they perceive to be at the 
doing of John Cena that wouldn't it make sense, J.J., that in fact Daniel Bryan might swerve on Cena and become once again a member of the Nexus? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I, You know, it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. I mean, we, we've already seen Jericho and Edge kind of turn on Cena. No big surprise there. They're the heels in the match. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's brilliant planning by the by Wade Barrett as the leader of the Nexus to convince uh, Daniel Bryan to join the other side just to swerve them. So we'll see what happens. I uh, just want to let everybody know we're not going to be doing a uh, too much of a post show. When the show goes over tonight, guys, we're, we're done. A lot of stuff going on. Harmony's leaving tomorrow, so we've got to get some stuff done here at the house. Obviously, you've got things to do, Mark the Shark to Carlo. So very, very important things to do. Yes. So no post show tonight. Sorry to disappoint you guys, but uh, I got to be real honest, man. I'm spitting venom. I'm pissed. You really don't want me to fucking continue doing a show while I'm pissed off. No, no, hell hath no fury like JJ Scorn. However, having said that, a busy week coming up here on the network. Yeah, we do. Uh, we got wrestling news live tomorrow night, which me and Trey will basically. Uh, be covering what happened tonight on the pay-per-view. We'll cover Raw, of course, with Josh Pedra. Dissect is a word that comes to my mind. Dissect, yes, yes, yes. yes. I have to make uh, I have to make a list of whose ass I want to kick, according to Rompy in the chat room. Um, Tuesday, of course, we'll be back for Unplugged. Another episode of MMA Now, archived on Friday. And uh, this week we're going to be covering this Wednesday's World Extreme Cage Fighting 50 card with a uh, bantamweight championship match between uh, Dominic uh, Cruz and Joseph Benavides that should be off the hook and uh, set up the rest of a very, very busy August in the world of MMA and as well looking further into the month of September as September the 15th is the debut of season 12 of The Ultimate Fighter. Uh, of course, the coaches are none other than the UFC welterweight champion George St. Pierre and Josh Koscheck. It'll be a very interesting uh, uh, week. This episode coming up on Friday of MMA Now. And here comes the Daniel Bryan heel turn. Yep. As soon as he goes for the tag, Daniel Bryan steps away. Cena inching his way to Daniel Bryan. Heath Slater just tagged in by David Otunga. And, of course, he stops the the tag, as it were, of John Cena to Daniel Bryan. You're, you're laughing because you, you see the setup coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be shocked if it didn't. And if it doesn't, does that mean that they push Danielson to the moon as their new baby face savior? No, no. He's going to be back with the Nexus. I can't see any way around that. Well, yeah, and I mean... If the Nexus uh, do win this contest, their reign of terror continues. And I'd love to see uh, the first segment of Raw tomorrow night be somebody cutting a promo and the Nexus attacking the, attacking them and killing them and destroying them. So Double clothesline by John Cena and Heath Slater both. Both men are down. Daniel Bryan, of course, in the corner begging John Cena to tag him in. Let tag him in the match. It. Let him in the match. He's getting the crowd behind him right now. Um, there was some news I kind of wanted to bring up. I don't know if you guys heard this or not, but uh, you all know who Taryn Terrell is. 
You know her as as the SmackDown diva Tiffany. Oh, okay. The former yes. ECW oh, yeah. general yes. manager. Tiffany, yes, yes. Uh, you know, posed in Playboy numerous times. Yes. Currently the wife of one Drew McIntyre. Correct. Some news about Tiffany? Uh, yes, some very interesting news about Tiffany. She has been indefinitely suspended by World Wrestling Entertainment. For what? Due to a... Um, domestic dispute at the WWE hotel in which her and Drew were staying in. Thank you for overriding my fucking talking there, Dave. Appreciate that. Apparently a domestic dispute broke out between the two in which the cops were called and she was arrested. She was arrested. Not Drew McIntyre. Wow. So she's been taken off the SmackDown intro. She has been suspended indefinitely. Wow. don't have a lot of interesting things going on there, but that's where it stands right now. Obviously, Drew job to Stephanie. <laughs> Obviously. As Daniel Bryan jumps to the outside on top of Heath Slater and John Cena on the uh, on the floor to the outside. So, well, obviously, with this pertinent domestic um, information and news, and, and, you know, some would say that, that you are the, the news source in the IWC, does this make? I've got a new, I've got a new nickname for you, JJ, the What's Shaman that? of Shenanigans, the Shaman of Shenanigans, JJ Sexay. You, like, you like that? I think that would actually be the WWE. Okay. <laughs> All right. Daniel Bryan goes for the kick, and he's he's rolled up by Heath Slater, and he just re- he, wow crossface and Heath Slater is about to tap like Sammy Davis Jr. That was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> A whole bunch of huge drop kicks. Wow. Including one boot each for uh Wade Barrett and Who's that kid? Heath Slater, he, Dave. No, 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 no. The uh, on the outside, Here, Justin Gabriel. Here it, comes the Miz with the briefcase. Wow. Kabong. He came he to hits play. Daniel Bryan. Wow, so much with the uh for the heel turn scenario as... It's 2-1-1 on one right now. Good night, Brian two on Danielson. Zero. Yep, so they're obviously not going to turn Daniel Bryan heel. And obviously we're now going to see a feud between Danielson and The Miz, which I'm really looking forward to. I think that'll be absolutely top-notch. Wow. Justin Gabriel and Wade Barrett against a prone John Cena. JJ got swerved. Maybe... I hope there's, you know, maybe a hole in the ceiling so that John Cena can soak up the sunshine and Hulk back up and get into this thing. No, that was sarcasm. Yes, yes. But, of course, the SummerSlam colors are red and yellow. I I still think they should change John uh, Cena's theme song to the Superman theme. I think it would work so much better for his gimmick. (laughs) Why? Cena's going to job. He's going to lose this match. Tonight. Well, I think he eliminates Gabriel, and then it's down to Barrett and and Cena. And then maybe Barrett and Cena, probably not at Night of Champions, but a a future main event, possibly tomorrow Uh, night. I think it would be great to have a feud continue in in singles matches uh, with with Cena and Wade Barrett. They've got great chemistry, and they work well together. And uh, uh, Justin Gabriel limbering up, ready to knock... Oh, and he misses. And here's Cena coming back with a big uh, shoulder block. And again. That's Cole. Vintage. Vintage Cena, yes. Vintage tonight. Did you notice that? 
No, Cole always says vintage harmony. Vintage Orton. Favorite vintage word. Kane. Well, he's, he's, uh, vintage Cena. And he should be the new host when when Mean Gene passes. He could he could be the host of Vintage Collection, and then he'd be happy. It's vintage. Yes, there you go. Justin Gabriel getting the beat down by John Cena. Wade Barrett extending the hand. John Cena going for the attitude adjustment. Blind tag. Blind tag. He did not see it, but he does now. Oh. Got waylaid. Cold cocked, if you will. And Barrett just going to town with the rights to the head of John Cena. Well, you know what? This pay-per-view is certainly making up for the one a couple of months ago that ended at 8.30. We're at 8.52 right now. So Unbelievable. Is, if you average them out, it actually catches them up. I've forgotten about all the shitty stuff that happened before this match. I haven't. <laughs> Dolph and Kofi ended in a no contest when Nexus attacked them. Molina over Alicia Fox. Big show over the Straight Edge Society, one on three. Randy Orton technically wins by disqualification over Sheamus. Kane defeated Rey Mysterio, and The Undertaker showed up. And now this contest, a, the, the sixth. Thanks for the unscheduled recap there, Dave. You're welcome. awesome. Appreciate that. No problem. Anyway, moving on to current events. We've got Cena getting up. Barrett stalking him. And big boot to the face. And uh, Cena ends up on his ass and now stomach on the outside. And uh, and you really got to think that, I don't know, this this whole match has been a, a match of swerves, Harmony. And are we going to be swerved again? And are they going to put John Cena over? It's the match of a thousand swerves. No, they can't put Cena over. Did we actually do our quick picks? I don't think we did. Yeah, we did. Did we? We did our quick picks. Okay, we all, all right. said the Nexus was going to go over. Right. We were unanimous, which is generally trouble. As uh, Gabriel and Barrett pull back the protective padding to expose the cement flooring in the Staples Center. And the padding is going back down. This reminds me of how JR would always say, there's no padding around the ring. And it's like, then what's the padding around the ring? Yeah, what, what are they pulling up there, JR? <laughs> Uh-oh. Could it be a DDT? Ow! Oh! And did you hear the thud of Cena's skull hitting the secondary padding on the floor of the Staples Center? It's okay. There's padding under the padding. Here's a good replay of it. Why do I get the feeling wow. that at Night of Champions next month, the Miz will be defending his United States Championship against Brian Danielson. Danielson, yes, indeed. And, and we just saw the setup spot for it. And obviously, that's what it's going to be. And I, I'm kind of surprised, given the fact of what they did with Brian Danielson prior to him being, quote-unquote, online future endeavored, that they wouldn't bring him back in that hated heel role. But... I'm I'm really considering that they didn't really happy that they that they've that they're going to be putting him in a feud with the Miz. I really like the the potential chemistry with the two of them. Come on, Justin, we've got like no time at all. Fucking hit the 450 and get it over with. As John Cena moves out of the fucking way. Bye bye, Justin. And we're now down to one on one as Wade Barrett and John Cena are left in this match. And, of course, uh, Barrett hasn't been in a, a true one-on-one -on -one confrontation for a very long time as uh, Cena hooks him in the attitude adjustment. 
No, it's the STF. Or part of the SDF. And you watch Barrett's about to tap, and Team WWE is going to get the win. Good night. Unbelievable. There you go. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, you had to have known that considering the massive listening audience that we have of this show at Titan Towers, that they heard us pick Nexus unanimously and said, uh-oh, fuck it, put over Cena. What a crap shoot. Uh, what the fuck, people? Into the mic, talking to Unbelievable. WWE, what the fuck, man? You got to put fucking Super Cena over. Again. Once again, the guy gets beat down, and there's a fucking hole in the ceiling, and the fucking sunshine from Los Angeles is beaming down that's on goddamn Kal-El, and he's got to get the fucking win. That's right, because fuck there, this. Wow. there is no retractable roof that I'm aware of at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles but... You have to think that they're in L.A., they're in Hollywood, and let's not forget whose movie's coming out next, John Cena's. Yeah, they promoted that uh, during a commercial break. Yeah, they did. But uh, to this As point, we see the re replay, Dave, of uh, The Miz entering into the ring and waffling Daniel Bryan with that Money in the Bank briefcase. Absolutely. And, and F, 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 F. And the only thing that saved this pay-per-view was Daniel Bryan being the fu F this fucking pay-per-view. F this fucking company. F this goddamn show. F it fucking all. You know what? This is uh, so a shock. Like I said, when the NWO got formed, they won everything to establish how big they were. When, every, when other big groups got formed, they won everything to establish how big they were. But does this mean that the Nexus dies and that seven individuals are on the Raw brand by themselves? I don't think that for a second, Dave. I think that this even makes Nexus stronger and has a bigger uh, craw in their asses and a bigger bone to pick with the entire C-Nation. You know what? No matter what you thought of the pay-per-view, the biggest pop of the night was at the end when John Cena went over. Well, Daniel Bryan was the MVP. There's no doubt about that. And uh, don't forget, uh, our next coverage is No Surrender, on behalf of TNA, September the 5th. On a fucking Labor Day long weekend. Can you believe that? Yeah. I get... Terrible. TNA can really pick yeah, their dates. Yeah. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Labor Day. Well, you know what? At Jesus least they Christ. didn't pick. At least they didn't pick the following Sunday. That would have been really an asinine maneuver because the following Sunday is the opening Sunday of the brand new NFL season. So at least True. they didn't do that. So, yeah. Smart, but maybe not so smart. But, uh, yeah, September 5th, three weeks from tonight, is the uh, TNA show. And then, as we said, five weeks from tonight is Night of Champions, where every belt is on the line. I really got to suspect that coming off of the fallout, key letter being F, as in JJ's grade for the pay-per-view this evening, that the fallout and the dissection of... SummerSlam 2010 tomorrow night on Wrestling News Live should be, in a word, heated at best. You know what? Thanks, everybody, who tuned in tonight. It's going to get fucking heated. I'm done for tonight. I got nothing else to say on this pay-per-view. F, letter grade from JJ Sexay. Fucking F all the way around. Sorry, F, F, F. Dave, F, F, F. Ah, uh, you know what? Um, I'm not going to be so hard on it. I give it a, a C, you know. Uh, 
it was not what I expected, although going in based on the buildup, um, I didn't expect much out of SummerSlam this year, and uh, it was nice to see, very surprisingly, Daniel Bryan re-enter World Wrestling Entertainment programming. But other than that, I, I, I really didn't uh, care for it too much. I, I, did, I liked, let me clarify, I liked and I thought that it was unequivocally match of the night, the match that Rey Mysterio and Kane had, and uh, the fallout from SummerSlam should be very, very interesting, and not the least of which is a new, fresh, and what will probably be a really exciting feud between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. So with that, see. Harmony? Well, it was a, about a C-, minus, and then the last match came, and it was up to a B, and then the finish came, and it's back down to a C. She retracted. Yeah, I'm sticking with an F. This show was exactly as I called it, a summer scam. Let it be known, last year was Summerfest and this year was Summer Scam. You know, shitty show all the way. The fact that you would take out of the Intercontinental Championship match and shit all over that so that the Nexus guys could come in and beat the shit out of Kofi Kingston without a finish. That was the worst booking uh, and most uh, contradictory thing that I saw all night they could have done the exact same thing at the end of the match at the finish and still had some credibility and and to shit on the two of them it just made absolutely no sense Sorry. now you know what on behalf of uh, Mark the Shark to Carlo Internet Dave Harmony Boom Boom Sex A and me uh, Mr. Money on the Mic JJ Sex A guys thanks for tuning in to Sunday Night Showdown uh, for our live coverage of Summer Scam with that said, I'll see you guys tomorrow at 11.30 Eastern for Wrestling News Live, myself and the Trey Dog. You wanted your post-show for this show, that's tomorrow night. And we even get to post-show Raw tomorrow night. We will see you guys then tomorrow, 11.30 Eastern, right here on the SNS Radio Network. Remember, use the Shoutcast because we are done forever with fucking Ustream. And I will see you guys tomorrow night.